1: That was magic out there. Absolute techers.
0: Zeki, exactly big techers. Yeah. Now we're sucking diesel, aren't we?
2: This is Spotlight, the official podcast of Gravel. I'm Benno.
3: I'm Joe. And I'm JP.
2: Oh, Joe. <laughs> I feel so bad, Joe. You've been in the wars. Uh, there's no other place to start. Are you okay?
1: Uh, I feel like um, David Beckham at the 2002 World Cup. <laughs> my, greatest, my greatest weapon. My voice is being his right foot. Damaged, but, you know, I'm going all out there for... My team, you boys, like he was for England, and I'm going to put a penalty past Argentina <laughs> in a grudge match. And here I am, at 50% fitness. Oh no, go. Joe!
2: Have we got any get like, any idea of where you got the bug? Was it Germany? Was it yeah? Work fault. Yeah, I've,
1: to be honest, I wouldn't put it past J.P. It might have been me singing um, James Storm's music last week for that J.P. Was it. That was yeah. the killer, wasn't it? Just overdoing it on the uh, Johnny Cash list. Yeah, um, yeah. I woke up when I was in Germany and my voice was fucked. Uh, I don't know what was going on in Germany,
3: but something went on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, here I am. Sounds like a dodgy story, that doesn't it?
1: You may think that, but trust me, it was a pretty tame holiday. It wasn't lads, lads, lads. It was more um Theme Park,
3: theme park, theme park.
1: Geek, geek, geek. Mm. Yeah.
3: Logs, 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 as it turned out to be. Yeah, a
1: bit of Europa Park in Germany. That was a, a cracking day out. A bit like the Fort Park or Alton Towers of uh, of Europe, let's say. Um got it's like a theme park that has different zones with different european countries and different themes yeah and the uh
3: is britain still there
1: yeah it's still (laughs) there we were discussing like what's going to happen with that once uh things go down yeah but still there, going strong a red lion pub in the middle of europa park and uh, a log flume which is exactly the same as the log flume that used to be at four park which i was loving
2: nice it's yeah. thought, it was Thorpe Park, like your regular one. You're a kid from high school. We'd always go to Alton Towers or like the budget version, which was Camelot. I don't know if you ever went to Camelot where it was like middle age themed uh, and yeah, the rides yeah. weren't as good. I think they closed down about eight, nine years ago.
1: Isn't that the place in the cable guy that jim carrey goes in a day
2: oh no that's like oh i I can't remember what's (laughs) there's like a whole film about that is there like one of the black knight films or something like that Uh, no this was like the shitty british version they did all that but it was mainly just bad rides um i think it was in cheshire it's somewhere up here anyway in the north but yeah that was the one when you know when your mum and dad didn't fancy driving like the two and a half hours to Alton towers it's like ah let's just go to camelot
1: uh fort park was an hour from me still an hour now so yeah that was our regular chesington if you want to go a bit further but chesington seems to have become a kids park these days mm. polton's park as well that was near southampton but that was a kids park as well mm. yeah
3: do you ever take the lads any of these
2: jp yeah, should, uh, is that a big thing
3: legoland was the last place that i took them wow um and but they were very little and it sort of does I should have just take them to the fucking lego store because in the end that was really what they wanted was to buy some lego so i should have just gone to milton Keynes for it but it was all right clutch powers in 4d was quite fun it was all right but it's very sort of kid friendly we went on a we used to go on like trips with students to Thought park a lot because that was like closest from oxford on this ridiculously sweltering day which was Hell on the way back. I don't know if you remember that. Joke. I do, mate.
1: And the log flume had closed yeah. down, so I was devastated. But oh, I was glad to find it this weekend. Exactly. But this weekend, I made up for it. I was elated when I saw that it was still open at Europa Park.
2: <laughs> nice. Well, that was a good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> JP, Zach Saber Jr., confirm Lesnar. Oh. What
3: do you reckon? I didn't invent the phrase. I reckon you did though.
2: I'd never heard the phrase until I heard you say it, and now Zack Saber Junior says it, and he's throwing in references to Ryan Giggs and all kinds of stuff in his promos. Definitely, he's either he's either been out on the piss with you, or he's a a listener to the podcast. It's one or the other.
3: If we see a picture of him, like the can of Ben Lager, (laughs) or like something like sort of a really good pale ale that Joe would like, or even um, trying to think in my case, winter pims. Beyond that, then what? you got
1: winter beer. Yes, uh, that was if the you after you know drink
3: of choice. And you know he's been listening.
1: Okay. Yeah. Or a roast dinner.
2: Mmm.
3: I'm going to force yeah. feed you one when you come over. I meant to home. say
2: something.
3: When Vegan we were, we were riptides, I asked Michael O'Ku because we had a bit of a discussion, didn't we, about what roast dinner he likes? I asked him, and he'd chicken. He's a big fan of a roast. He said he'd he'd heard it. It was like a bit a bit sort of quizzical because I'd had a drink, went up to him in the pub saying. <laughs> Silly question. Do you like roast dinners? Amazing. To which he went, Yeah. And then he was like, Ah, oh, good stuff. What roast dinner do you like? And he just went, Well, chicken. I was like, Oh, okay, not roast beef. And he's like, It's all right. Oh, we obviously know. then it didn't end as uncomfortably and then I left once having the roast dinner knowledge of what Michael Oku eats. But suffice to say he he says his mum cooks a really good roast. He's
1: a nice lad. <laughs> Is that, that's the, Was that at the same time? It's a cracking anecdote, isn't it? Talking to Curtis Chapman, telling him he looks like a young Matt Letizia.
3: That was you saying that, it wasn't
1: me. Yeah, I mean, it was at the same time. Oh, yes, the same time. Yeah. Yeah, The thing with Zack Sabre Jr.'s promo is he may not be a lister because a Ryan Giggs free kick? Come on. Between '96 and 2003, Giggs wasn't getting a look in on free kicks. A Beckham free kick is what he should have been saying.
2: Yeah, I think that's what he was going for. It's like when it's like when uh, Zach Gibson does like his promos about like Liverpool. And he do, you can just tell he's he's not he's not quite following it as as much as the gimmick would uh, would have. Uh, I know he's done a few Liverpool podcasts and and uh, made a couple of slip ups. Oh, it's has he, he Everything's fake. Oh, I'm not sure. I I've just I've just heard that, but I'm not. Mate, I'm not listening it's to not, the. It's his of
3: knowledge of the Liverpool under 23s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe
2: that's what it is. Maybe it's not that he hasn't got yeah. quite that hard hard lows there knowledge, but it's wrestling, mate. Everything's away.
3: Oh God, yeah, it is, isn't it? Everything is a bloody work. <laughs> so yeah, when you're go... angry about. <laughs> well,
2: we'll 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 go up to McGull. Maybe we'll uh, we'll call him out when we when you come up to Liverpool as well as squeezing in a roast dinner for Joe. We're going to take a ferry across no. the Mersey and go watch Trammere. It's going to be a great mate. great couple of days,
1: Joe. I, I can't wait for the ferry across the Mersey, especially to a Jerry and the Pace Makers. Oh they'll
2: play it. They definitely play it. Oh I, I remember
1: from when I was a kid. <laughs> that, I'm looking forward to that the roast dinner. I will abstain. No. I'll sort myself out that day.
2: We'll we'll get you a roast dinner and then we'll just rock you around on the on the ferry across the Mersey and see what happens. Oh. <sighs> Come on, mate.
3: Roast dinner.
1: I'll just go back and forward on the ferry while you're eating roast dinners, listening to Jerry and the pacemakers. Bakers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it seems uh, like more and more unlikely as well when we do do make that trip that uh, that our mate Jeff Jarrett's going to be there. He was supposed to be over the next. He was over for ICW this weekend, and now he's been replaced by Kashida for reasons. <laughs> Maybe we'll see uh, Kashida we'll uh, uh, at. Nat-
3: choice. I don't know why you're questioning it. <laughs> Sometimes I just get the two confused. I think, <laughs> who's in this match? Just, when did Kashida win the TNA? It's not Kushida, it's Double J. Again. No, no you're thinking of Jackie Polo. <laughs> oh, sorry, he's, a, he's Jackie Polo. He's, I thought he was a replacement for Jeff Jarrett. For he that. is he's against, against... This is
1: Jackie Polo.
3: Yeah. Right, I've got completely the wrong end of the stick then. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Apologise <laughs> for all of that.
2: But <laughs>
1: Jeff Jarrett was originally facing it, I think. Yeah.
3: Right, and, so he is a replacement for yeah. Jeff Jarrett. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah the
2: dream what? match you never thought you'd see. you know remember when Kashida was kind of making waves about wanting to be a heavyweight and do the g1 instead he's working <laughs> jackie polo in glasgow i think it's glasgow i don't care
3: yeah it's worth it though isn't it when is that
2: match uh i think it's a saturday i think oh, okay
3: that's why i was hoping jeff would
2: be over but again yeah, we could we can meet yeah. up with kishida jp could ask him about roast dinners he could be our new mate
3: Do you reckon Kushida's going to do a tour of Liverpool then before he heads up? If he's stepping into
2: Jeff Jarrett's mighty shoes, then I feel like he's got to. I
3: I think so. If he's doing it proper double J style, he might he might be a traitor and go go to a Marine game instead Mm. rather than Tranmere Rovers. He's more hardcore, grassroots shaping. He is proper grassroots. Mm. (laughs) We go Kashida's adventures in Liverpool. I'd watch it. Watching him. Well, Watching I remember those pictures away. of Sonada walking around Liverpool with his
1: Costa, so that's like Pound Bakery. What oh yeah,
2: yeah. When they did the shows at the <laughs> Olympia, I'd forgotten that, that those guys are over. here. Yeah. I, I wonder what they made of him. I hope they had a good time. Wonder if they I went, hope went to Brookside Close. Well, he,
3: he looks like he looks like Doctor Zayas, doesn't he, Sonada? He's got really good still though. beard and beard and the hair. Mm. He stands out from the so crowd. So boring. Yeah, we'll we'll save all that for the for the lovely G one chat a yeah, little bit. Yeah, just kind of killer.
2: Um, but yeah, we got that to look forward to in a couple of weeks. Uh, you guys mm. been up to anything else? I went to see Stuba, the uh, the Batista film. wasn't great. It was like a big advert. Was it for not? It's a it was funny in parts, but it really was. Like Uber will be glad of the uh, the publicity. Uh, a lot of a lot of jokes about five star Uber ratings and a lot of stuff about Batista looks quite small in it. Looks quite slim down. And they're making all jokes about how big he is. It's not as bad as when CM Punk was portrayed as a tough guy in Marin, but I would have liked maybe more classic Batista in there. It was more like family-friendly, like aging Batista. Um, But yeah, it got 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not that bad.
3: Really? I remember reading a review of it because it played at like, I want to say it played at like Sundance or something Mm. like that. It played at like sort of the the commercial side of it. Mm. It's one of the festivals and he got like this great review in Variety. They were saying like he could become a really big hit, but no. I, I look forward to a to a Dave Patisse. Oh, same. Film. Seen, is it Escape Plan Two? two he's in and yeah.
2: three.
3: I think, yeah, and there's three, another just... one coming, isn't there? Yeah, I didn't even yeah, like, realise two existed. No, I I've seen Escape Plan One. Not great, is it? Which was. It's not great. I liked
1: it. It was great.
2: That's
1: <laughs> what the bit where Arnie does a suplex on Stallone
2: in the prison. What on about? It's a big high spot, yeah. to be fair.
1: Yeah, it was great. And then Vinnie Jones as well applied his trade with it. <laughs> that was a cracking film. Uh, it felt Quite like a, a bad a, word said about Escape Player. It had a lot
2: of star power, Joe, but maybe not so much substance. But, you know, bringing Batista back for it, that that, that could uh, add your star power. He's, I think but the, Batista's got to, like, he's obviously got to act in really late in life. But he definitely got like a charisma on screen; like he really stands out. It's good to see him getting work. I prefer I prefer to see him on film now than I would see him wrestling more matches like the Triple H one at WrestleMania this year.
3: Yeah, he's he's done his bit in wrestling. Mm. He's kind of deserved it. He was he was excellent. It was like when he when he came out because he just sort of does whatever he wants, which is which is really refreshing to see. Mm. But you're knowing full well that the match was going to be terrible. Yeah,
1: well, I think if they went eight minutes, yeah, yeah, balls to the wall would have been fine. But Triple no, H's ego is just always going to get the better of him, unfortunately. Like mm. Vince's, yeah.
3: Which I mean, they've had a bollocking. Speaking of variety, they've had an absolute shellacking in that that this week as well. Yeah, oh, so. yeah. Good to see yeah. like
2: the mainstream press kind of getting onto what like wrestling fans have been saying for what twenty years, something like that. Uh, yeah. But the raw Reunions tonight, JJP, so it's all gonna be fine. That, that, that'll, that'll throw a band-aid on it.
3: My, my son was saying that um Bret Hart turned it down. Is that true as well? Because they've got ridiculous amount of big names on it for no yeah. real I reason. I think
2: JR turned it down as well, I believe, but yeah <sighs> what, what did you make it's of the just... variety piece?
3: Well, um I thought it was very I it's a it's a very sober magazine. It's not something that goes necessarily into like editorials per se. Mm. But this was kind of deliberately it had like opinion and it and it and it just sort of looked at it in terms of the metrics and the fact that the uh, average viewing figures are down twenty percent from mm. last year, which is terrible. Which whichever way you look at it, that the demographic is aging, and that they're not doing anything to attract that eighteen that eighteen to thirty demographic. That's no that's they're really lacking on that front. So basically the like the theme of the article is really is this passe? And people not, might not think much of it, but everyone within television and film generally, certainly in, in the US, are reading things like Variety. It got picked up as well, but NPR had a piece on it with a guy from Forbes who covers wrestling, he's a wrestling blogger. And it was going very much into the same kind of detail. Um, it's well worth a read, like I say. It's it, you know it's quite a sober piece, but it's got real good in depth analytics at like the problems that they're having and the fact that Vince last time can't blame they blamed injuries, didn't they? Mm. Oh, that was bollocks. superstar absences, and it was like <laughs> shine. If, if any of those stockholders and on, on that conference call knew anything about wrestling, they'd be like, what? Yeah, like, yeah. So I think um, at the same time, yeah, it it feels like it is now seeping out into the mainstream. And obviously it takes a hell of a long time because they don't take it seriously. But it's just the implications of a deal like this with Fox means they're going to be scrutinized really on a level that they haven't been. And if Fox are wanting that sports product and had the talk about wanting Cormier on there, who'd be frankly brilliant, but... Not remote, like not remotely suited to Vince, and Vince is going to be all over that program from the moment it debuts. Yeah, it, it's it's notable that it's being picked up um, in this way. So yeah, they there will be an effect, particularly from advertisers and whatnot. If they think that this is a, a property that's not worth spending a fortune on advertising for, then you know, these things will come back to bite them.
1: And what I liked about the article was it broke down the lies around the superstar absences yes. in the various quarters. And, like, I just love some of the stockholder stuff. have a look at this and see how Vince and George Barrios managed to fob them off mm. last time round. <laughs> it's just fascinating to see. And also the live attendances as well, the chart they had on that yeah. was really good as well. Yeah. I don't know why anyone would go to a WWE show at this point. I really don't. I saw a report from
2: sorry.
3: Sorry, Bernard.
2: I was going to say, yeah, they've definitely been uh, talking to Brandon and the WrestleNomics lot, because there was loads of the stuff that they're always pointing out about, like the problems with uh, with what kind of gets said at the shareholder. I, I listen to the conference calls pretty much every quarter, and uh, the breakdowns that those guys do or it's just that guy now, isn't it, with, uh, with Mookie Garner gone. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, whoever wrote, the guy who wrote it definitely, definitely has uh, been paying a lot of attention to his, to his WrestleNomics radio.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It? And, and it's starting to become, it's starting to become obvious. If you're talking about a multi-billion dollar television deal, they're going to be, it's going to be investigated about what exactly they've invested in. And if they have to watch any of the shite, I mean, this Raw reunion tonight, I mean, I won't watch it. Mm. I, I've, look, whatever the perceived effect of, only, I and mean, obviously it's probably a bit too soon to sort of say, has anything really changed within the structure? because I'm I'm not necessarily sure that that is the case. One of the things
1: I found really interesting in the article as well is when they listed all of the ideas WWE had come up with to get around this, And it was Mm. like they introduced a new title belt (laughs)
3: because
1: that was going to lift ratings. Uh, They introduced a superstar shake-up because everyone got really excited about that because everyone... Knew what brand every wrestler was on, yeah. And now they're doing a reunion show. It's like all of these fixes they just want. It's and like they no want wrestling during ad
3: breaks. Two out of three yeah. four oh, matches. Yeah. But it's
1: like they're looking for immediacy, yeah. and they think there there are these immediate solutions to problems, which is just utterly insane. Yeah. Like it's just the problem like, structural. Oh, completely.
3: Yeah, completely. It's embedded within the fabric of the company. And now, what they're talking about doing NXT on FS One oh, yeah, on Wednesday can, nights counter
2: programming AEW <laughs> uh, bleeding in some...
3: It's me. probably been in the pipe. It's probably in the pipeline for a year. Oh. You know, that's what they normally say whenever they run there. <laughs> oh, we we're doing this anyway. It's just a, a magic fucking coincidence.
1: <laughs> they're also going to use main roster guys on NXT. Like, yeah, I just that's don't fine. see that.
2: I yeah. no, I get that though. Like, if, if you are going to like try, if they did that with early NXT, didn't they? Like, if you are going to try mm-hmm. and attract like a tv audience i get that like bleeding some guy it depends on how it's done though i know you You don't want to ruin the what's good about one hour nxt tv but maybe if there's a temporary measure just to kind of bring some eyeballs on it um although i do see your point you know nxt is its own fresh thing and maybe you don't want to muddy that
1: and it's grown since that point where they were Mm. using like a cesaro in the Mm. early days of nxt or a Tyson Kid.
2: Mm. you know,
1: I wouldn't complain if they brought someone down for a bit, but like a Tyler Breeze, I got no interest in that.
2: Oh no, not that stuff. Yeah, that's it. Tyler, Tyler Breeze and is Apollo Crews on NXT now as well?
3: I'm, I'm sure I read that. I couldn't tell you. I forgot. I he have no to idea. Is he still a thing? He uh, should just go back. He should just go
1: back to PCW. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's his spiritual home. Yeah, just Preston. be uha forever. Go to PCW. But, go on the lads' holidays to Magaluf. That should that should be a Apollo Crews life.
1: Him and Shah Samuels.
3: Oh, I'd be loving that. I was going to say though, moving NXT to Wednesday night, the fact it'd be on FS1 mm. naturally means Vince would be involved. Mm, he would funny. be. He would be involved. He'd actually in, pay attention uh, and some, watch
2: it and be like, "Who are all these short watch. dudes with beards?"
3: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And that's it. You know, and it, it comes back. You mentioned like Adam Cole and the idea of this is someone they could build he's got enough ground swell of support they could do something with him, but you know, the moment that he sees Vince, Vince looks down at him and it's just like no. Do mm. you
1: know what'll be the big feud in NXT if Vince gets involved? What's that? Dan Maffa versus Babatunde.
3: Jesus, Babberton Day was shine though, wasn't
1: he? Or they'll get on that um, rugby league player who's got that great name now. What's his mm. name? Luke Menzies. Luke
3: Menzies, I can't think.
1: Ridge of Holland. Ridge
3: Holland. Yeah. Oh, get, his look... peaky blinders look.
1: Yeah, but a big Ridge.
2: <laughs> they get onto Dexter. Jesus. like Sam Shaw now is, is he's not just doing a Dexter imitation. He's literally called Dexter. I reckon Vince will see him and see money. He'll be like, 2019 nails, I'll have some of that.
3: And ultimately, he's big isn't and, he uh, are they all as good, good looking, looking as, as well. are any of them as good looking as Baron Corbin though because apparently that's that's what drives look
1: that. 2019 nails someone needs to do what nails did to Vince in 1992 <laughs> in <into>
3: 2019 <laughs> that was rumours. Did you, did you hear
2: that one in school as well because I remember in school like having all kinds of stories about what nails did to Vince uh, behind closed doors or what Vince did to nails if uh, if you believe some of the stories was was that a big thing for you guys as well
3: it wasn't as, I didn't, I don't think I necessarily heard it at school. It was like something I had read about later on. Mm. So it probably would have been like sort of, probably about sort of 93, 94 at that point. I would have read something around that. Because for me, I remember him being on WWF TV and then.
1: I mean, he turned up on WCW. After, the, prisoner. He? Yeah, yeah,
3: the, prisoner, the Prisoner. Yeah. The Prisoner, yeah, yeah. I was shit scared of him though. I had to figure like
2: in his in his great orange jump shoot. but like whenever he was on TV, like there weren't many wrestlers. Him and Zeus were the two wrestlers that scared the <laughs> shit out of me when I was younger. I think with, with with the two of them, it was just like the the grimace into the camera. I think that's what really got me. in nails with his uh yellow teeth and stuff uh, predating Isaac Yankel.
1: You don't know scare the Undertaker.
2: No, not scared. I hate that. What's scary about the Undertaker? These I these was fucking... shit scared. The Undertaker really? was a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like a, bloke in a hat. It's me, Mark, in a hat. That, like,
1: that, mate, I'd never seen Me Mark. Yeah. It's
3: like, Me was, Mark Callas, the main yeah. staple of WCW. Lore. I
1: vaguely remember the Undertaker Yoko Zuda feud when I was a kid. I just found Undertaker really scary. Was this
3: like '96
2: or so?
1: '94, I think. And I also remember the Undertaker versus the fake Undertaker thing. Oh yeah. I don't remember the match, but I think I remember a like, like, bit to the feud. Mm. Like, I don't really remember matches when I was a kid. I yeah, just remember yeah.
3: like, moments. I remember Ooh. the match. I remember the silence of the match.
1: Yeah, I just remember being quite scared to, two of them at the same time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have been, mate. You'd have, you'd have been fine. You probably would have been bored like the rest yeah, of us. Yeah,
2: I've never got it with Undertaker. Yeah, I think, I think maybe again it was, it was a thing that you know he he was clearly ginger as well. You know, myself being ginger, I was like, I can't be scared of this guy. Uh, he never creeped me out. None of the villains ever creeped me out. John Gonzalez was just funny uh, when he came in. Uh, yeah Yoko, Yoko, Yokozuna was was more like a, you kind of laugh at him I'm trying to think if there's any you know what the other, other wrestler that scared me Heel Doink Heel dunk was quite scary too it depends on whether you're scared of clowns though
1: I remember the Doink toys and finding those pretty scary mm.
3: Doink found Doink this is where my a, comes into it I suppose that a lot of the people I know I it sounds Abdullah the Butcher I think the first time seeing him in the app I'm scared of him right, now yeah, although in those Viceland documentaries. <laughs> was, my, my mate's girlfriend yeah, talking about Bruiser Brody. I'll just come across like life. a lovely bloke. Yeah, he used to have that house of ribs. Mm. In the <laughs> outside Atlanta, I remember
1: that. <laughs> One of my mates when I was in Germany <laughs> the weekend was telling us about how he met his girlfriend's dad for the first time. He was like, hey, he's a big bloke. Showed us a couple of pictures of him together. I was like, he's Abduna the Butcher. <laughs> to which all of my mates were like, who's that <laughs> so, yeah I showed them yeah like, he looks like a young Abdullah the Butcher he's got his size he hasn't got the thought marks in his head but... <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> you'd hope that wouldn't you you'd be scared going around to his house as a boyfriend of his
2: daughter that's for sure oh, definitely yeah so you can imagine yeah, being, so- being terrified of Abby being terrified of like a bruiser Brody but, like, even now, like 2019, Undertaker comes out and the lights go out and he'll shit themselves. And we've all just, we just all accept it because that's the Undertaker character and that's wrestling. But, like, if you look at it as an outsider, what is scary about that man? Nothing. Bray Wyatt's scarier.
3: Bray uh, Wyatt's shit. The mask. Did you see the thing where he attacked? No, I have never will. Like, Br- Bray Wyatt <laughs> is in that top ah.
1: 10 list of wrestlers that I can't stand.
3: <laughs> the new gimmicks quite freshened him up.
1: And they just bring it's, me down.
3: And he's lost. And he's got himself into some very good shape. Cool. Well. I don't care. No, Let's carry
2: on. <laughs> I you know what? Right now, everyone's enjoying the novelty of it, Joe. But I reckon fast forward six months, and we'll all go. Joe was right because um, he will yeah. get boring
3: quickly. It's always going to yeah, happen. Yeah, the moment he has the first match. Yeah, he was one of the
2: uh, ones uh, but... in that variety article of like missing superstars. Like he was one Vince named. Like anybody was missing Bray
3: Wyatt. He's responsible for twenty percent of the his absence responsible <laughs> for twenty percent of the audience that's leaving. Top house
2: show heel, you just need him. Um, yeah,
3: exactly. Oh. We we just don't appreciate him, do we? Oh, yeah,
2: a... we are. I was gonna say as well, we missed an opportunity before, Joe. You did mention it, uh Shah Samuels to NXT, which I think Vince will make of him. Um when that him doing his uh, he doing NXT UK this weekend after apparently a a tour of the performance center. Uh, in the know, mm-hmm. Man Rover did uh, indicate that AEW had some interest in and There you go. Is it the end of the world, Joe? Is it all
3: over so, now? Should we shut down go is home? Is signed of NXT UK? It was a dark match. He Just a dark match. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Has he signed a contract? No, no news on that. Okay. I imagine it's probably that like, come and do a dark match, come and have a look at the facilities, have a look and then see what offer he gets. Because, like, it makes sense
1: as like a regional heel mm. with a British-based gimmick if they're all in on this British product. Mm. But at the same time... Yeah, they're not. There we <laughs> go. I would be devastated if Char Samuels was no longer on Rev Pro shows. And that year absence of Sha Samuels not a Rev Pro was a tough year. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I would miss him immensely. But I sort of get it from his point of view. Oh, absolutely. He's at an age where you sort of think, ah, just give it a go. You never know what yeah. might happen. Um, I'd love to have seen him in AEW. That would have been great in big tone. That would have been awesome.
2: <laughs> he could have fit the British. But at the same
1: time, ugh.
2: He could have met the British criteria instead of the Jimmy Havoc.
3: I think, I think I'd rather see Sharp.
1: <laughs> I'm just imagining that.
3: He'd work very well on a pre-show for, for AEW. Even and Luchasaurus that. against one another. <laughs> I'd watch that.
1: Marco Stunt and Sha Samuels against Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. There
3: you go. Cool Yeah, you'd watch that. I mean, I, th- I think it's, it's, like, it's just like Joe said. I mean, it, for him, as a, as a move, this is kind of like the perfect move if it happens for him. Because hmm. I imagine as well, if he's having to attend the performance centre, he's not a million miles away from there in the first place. I think he
1: lives in Ilford. So, yeah, yeah, so he'd be
3: very close by. So for him, you know family the security of it all perhaps not going to do as much travel mm. you know i can completely see it from from his perspective that's the case if they're making good enough offers that's the thing with this mm. and if, if it's going back onto what sort of remember the seems like forever now but the times when those uh, the kind of deals that were putting out there and some of the the figures that you were hearing and it and it, it was enough to kind of get by on but you know not exactly a lot of money so hopefully if, it, if this is one of the benefits it means that someone like Charles Samuel just by virtue of having AW interest can get a good offer from WWE where he's kind of financially stable then you know good luck to him it's the t- it's the best time for talent at the minute to actually probably get paid yeah. what they should be earning. Yeah and
2: someone like him as well where like I know Joe might say differently because I know you're a big fan of the the Bodum team but Sharp. I know he's he's kind of you know typical of a of the situation right now that you know literally anybody with a a little bit of interest. While it's good for the wrestler getting snapped up, probably isn't good for fans of the alternatives. But I don't think there's a you know if Sharp Samuels gets snapped up, there's not a huge amount you're missing there. I don't think from the British Indies. He's he's paid his dues. He's had his time on the Indies. Every promotion the likes of progress, etc., have had their opportunities to use them and maybe haven't, or, you know, he's done pretty much everything he could do. He's not the type of wrestler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You begrudge and go, Oh, I'm good to these left. Or maybe Joe would.
1: Oh no, I wouldn't begrudge him at all. I would miss him. He's a great wrestler on any show. I think he's a great addition to any card he's on. And he gives every card he's on Mm. something unique because he's different and he stands out and he always gets over, but I get it from his point of view.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just a shame he's gonna go away on, to Wednesday nights where nobody's watching. Um, <laughs> that's the biggest problem. Like even even this week, like I, I don't know if you saw the uh, the promo uh, uh, Gibson and Drake cut about uh, appearing on that next Progress show, and Ozzy opened just basically just replied to them going, "Oh great, yeah." I suppose nobody really... it was uh, Mark Davis, wasn't it? I don't know if you saw it. JP who just said that yeah, they must have realized nobody cares what they do on Wednesday nights, so they've come to be relevant again. Like even in Progress now. The NXT UK being just completely unimportant, non-appointment TV uh, is canon and part of the story.
3: That's pretty incredible. I mean, one of the things I was going to pick up, I mean, because I managed to get to see that Ilya Walter match, but the mm. announcement for the that he was NXT UK champion and this like, it seemed to me like it was a pretty much, very much heavily booing WWE and NXT UK. Did it come across it there on the VOD? It did. I thought he came across. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. The crowd sounded pretty loud on that, so I haven't seen what what Mark Davis has actually said. That's that's kind of caught me someone the hop, but it, yeah. but it is, isn't it? I mean, even the latest set of tapings mm. didn't necessarily seem particularly exciting. That people in the audience who went live who, who probably enjoyed it. But from what I saw, it looked like more tapered off buildings with large swathes of curtain blocking it off. Mm. You know, setting up matches. You know, that I've already seen before. It It, looked completely uninteresting. Yeah. Mm. Didn't look like anything I thought I need to be seeing this. If you get Matt Riddle in the UK and JP's not interested, that's when you know there's a problem. It's, it's, but because ultimately it just, it's meaningless. There's no kind of, what he was, I know he was involved in a six man tag on one of the nights. And it was him and the Street Profits versus Grizzle Young Vets and Joseph Connors. (laughs) And I'm just like,
2: (laughs) is that a real match?
3: Like, <laughs> it's wacky. Like, it's not really, really wacky. Not DDT wacky, but wacky. But, yeah, at the same time, I can't be excited by that. It's good mm. to know Joseph Connors is still about. <laughs>
1: I saw it, it is. That there was also... he's doing good things in title. Sure. Yeah. I also saw there was a tag team, uh, <laughs> Chris Hero and Saxon Huxley, in one match. It was just like, <laughs> right, yeah. what this f- is a thing. What the fuck is going on over there? Yeah, what was what's Mark Andrews and Flashborg and Webster's tag team called? I thought like no. South Wales Subculture or something. What? Yeah,
2: I'm sure. Is this I saw a saw thing then? Uh, yeah. I've not heard it, but yeah, it sounds about right.
3: I'll, I'll look this up.
1: That has got to be one of the worst names for a tag team I've ever heard. Like <laughs> I'm trying to think of other bad tag team names. Fortune in TNA. and A. Oh, come on. there's one.
2: There was, there was
3: four Sports, of them. Sports Entertainment Extreme from TNA.
1: VKM.
3: VKM's a bad one. Oh. Kid Mafia. <laughs> the, vo-
1: the Voodoo Kid Mafia.
3: The Voodoo Kid Mafia. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, South Wales subculture. Fuck it out.
2: It, it's almost oh, as bad I'm, as Do Not Resuscitate.
3: Oh, there's another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it never made any sense. Like, why are they... Like there's no I don't know there's not even a kind of link to it at the moment hmm. but
1: yeah I won't be watching NXT UK anytime soon
3: <laughs> I'm seeing if I can find it on here now what are you looking for? Uh, I'm looking at something that's on the I uh, can't see the name of the tag team on here at the minute people will be
1: switching off now mate no, you're really you do, for man? your phone
3: <laughs> that's sorry it's probably not
2: something we're stopping the show for to be fair like, yeah no. that's what <laughs> everyone's right. here for I'll leave it <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't care i want to know now
2: <laughs> okay we'll tune in and maybe we'll get it to you at the end jp what was Ilya walter like at least did Possibly. you like
3: that was it any good um i liked Ilya walter i could understand why people were really high on it i mean i saw on the app it was mainly around sort of four and a half i was a little bit low i was like four and a quarter That's it was fair a, like very good match crowd really into it felt like it was kind of I haven't seen the match against Jordan Devlin yet, but it felt like the kind of coming out party as well. Mm. And they're playing up as well on commentary about how Ilya's is the one person who's got Walter's number in this and he's beaten him four out of five times. So it was some really, you know, really good stuff. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Ilya looked like a good reception afterwards. But I, could, I mean, you said at the time it was like, it was the, the match on that show. Mm. And it really was. I haven't seen any of the rest of the card yet at all. I did spot where you were at one point. I noticed you were looking at your phone as well during the main event. <laughs> so, step it up.
2: Look, mate, I can, I, can, I can multitask. I can make notes and I can watch at the same time and I can tweet. It's possible. Can
3: you? It's can
2: possible.
3: you? <laughs> no, I really... You, know, you, you haven't really watched a wrestling match in years. <laughs> the big... Four, just a big act you put on. I don't think I've watched the TV show in years.
2: I can't, like, it should be its own category on Netflix, like just, you know, shows that you just watch but you don't watch because you're on your phone the entire time. That's kind of the story of my life now. Yeah.
3: We've all yeah. got, like,
2: a third eye built in.
3: I find, I mean, I end up watching lots of news stuff and I find myself doing that because sometimes I just can't stare at the faces of Tories. Mm. So I just think I'm, I'm going to look at my phone instead. Yeah, that's it's how the I felt news. at the Progress show. Oh. Yeah. Exactly, so, yeah. It, but as as a really good, fun match to watch, I'd recommend you see it, Joe, if you get a chance to see it. But it was really good. The, the issue why I wouldn't have gone higher on it is, it, for me, even though it was dramatic in and of itself, it didn't have the stakes still, mm. partly because Illy was, what, the title contender because of the result on the day before. Mm. So it's not like it had a particularly long build to it. And comparing <laughs> it to, I suppose, the high benchmark of their matches... The 16 carat final and that for me was like a five star match and it wasn't at that level
2: yeah yeah that's fair enough I mean I think there's always going to be a degree of live bias uh, with matches like that because yeah. I absolutely love the thing live but you do you get swept up in the atmosphere of it don't you and you maybe you bite a little bit more on the near falls like you start to think that oh yeah Ilya might actually win this thing uh, but no, it's good to know that it kind of uh, translated on tape. I'm, I am like you said. I'm interested in seeing the Ilya Devil uh, Devil match because apparently that was even better. Um, but again, it sounds like from that Newcastle uh, show it was a one match show, so that's probably all that's worth checking out. And yeah, JP, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't push you to watch the uh, the rest of that Manchester show.
3: Yeah, well, we we were discussing. Uh, yeah, that's it. You see, there's there's already t- uh, like it feels like I've fallen quite a way behind for. Uh, progress especially in terms of the storylines and i'm hearing that there are some storylines that apparently are going to be you know kind of interesting i still haven't seen that nick's tag match books
1: i don't believe that for a second what these storylines are going to be interesting they got nothing to offer
3: anymore wow you're
1: not
2: excited for the proactive belt or the prolactive belt what is it Joe jp the prolax belt the what?
3: yeah. that DDT the prolapse belt I fucking hope <laughs>
1: did you say the prolapse laps belt that's what I heard
2: I just can't remember the name it's the the, the belt where they're like basically imitating the, uh, the DDT Iron Man belt where the winner gets to, it's replacing the Atlas belt and the winner gets to the mm-hmm. side uh what the stipulations are going to be going forward. And then a lot of people kind of said online, well, what if the winner decides, well, the you know, it's a only I can win match or the winner decides I'm just never going to defend the title. And that's the, the gimmick for this title. And then Progress were so like, well, you know, we do actually have the final say. Um, very Progress idea. I don't know if it's a good one or not. It's interesting, but I don't know whether I trust Progress based on what you were just saying there, book and Wires, to, to stick, stick the landing and make it a good idea long term.
1: Right, DDT may use it. Do you know what it sounds like to me? Cool. Russo.
2: It is a bit Russo. It's a bit... It's got Russo all over it. Glenn, you loves his uh, mid-2000s WCW. Uh, uh, mid-2000s, mate. WCW was a
3: lot <laughs> <car.
1: laughs>
3: Yeah. Come on. It's, it's the Proteus belt. Pro-life. I nearly said the Prometheus belt.
1: It, this just sounds like the kind of shit that... Three mates sat around in a meeting room going, oh, oh this, this sounds amazing, slapping each other on the back, reinforcing one another, shite idea, and it would just be rubbish and uninteresting.
3: Well, it was something that I remember, uh, I'm trying to think of, a uh, friend of the show, Mark Buckledee, had said about this, about having a secondary title that that doubled up as a as the, like the DDT one where it could be defended. Now, obviously within the world of DDT, it works perfectly, but if it might kind of meant a sort of different genre of match, there could be mm. something with it. But yeah, it, it's it's a secondary title for the sake of having a secondary title. I don't
1: like gimmicked titles. Yeah. I can't think of it any, apart from the WWE hardcore title when I was a teenager, which I loved at the time, especially when like the headbangers were chasing Crash Holly through soft play like, facilities at McDonald's and stuff. That was great.
3: Before Beaver Cleaner
1: uh no it was post beaver cleaver oh, was it yeah, he'd been beaver cleaver by that point oh, sorry f- what the by the way
3: we're recording and it's really hot but <laughs> apparently just so look my road outside on the balcony it's some of the noisiest fuckers known a man so sorry if this is being there's an
1: aa until. van <laughs> i think someone's broke down outside
3: Ah, oh, for yeah. sakes <laughs> anyway um yeah. I'm not closing the door because it's just too too humid at the
1: moment. Yeah, I can't stand gimmicked titles. Yeah. Um, I just think the gimmick becomes the title becomes the match rather than uh, the title seeming like sort of important. It's mm. the gimmick that becomes important, and yeah, I, it's to me, just as another nail in the coffin of progress. Mm. And yeah, I'm judging before it's happened. But it sounds awful and I've got zero interest and I won't be watching.
2: I was going to try and play a game with you because um, they've got a card coming up this Sunday in Camden, uh, an electric ballroom show that's still not sold out the week of the show. <laughs> um, I know people were saying that there were seated tickets still available as, as late as last week. And the game I was wow. going to play was Guess Who's Facing Who? And you could probably have named it, but actually it's not that predictable anymore because kind of just, the cards are just all over the place. Like, the, the cards... Travis Banks against Ricky Shane Page, because of course it is. Uh, Michael O'Ku's uh, facing Irie, Lucky Kids facing Paul Robinson, CCK are, fa- are facing the new South Pacific Power Trip, and it's uh, so it's like a, it's like the uh, the old school CCK versus budget South Pacific Power Trip. Aussie Open are defending against the Grizzled Young Veterans, and that's about it really. Like there's a do not resuscitate tag, and that's like the extent of the card, like pick a main event out of that. Like what's the, where's like, like I, I saw like Matt Dagnall of uh, the Indy Corner did a tweet where he was saying like, I think Progress had tweeted, you know, about you know, how great this this card was looking and so many questions to be answered. And it was like, you know, the, the questions are like, Where's Walter? Where's Jordan Devlin? Where's Travis? Well, Travis Banks, isn't it? Where, Where's Ilya? Where's like? Where's all? Is David Starr who's like the number one contender? Jordan for the Grace,
1: the women's champion, where's she been?
2: Is she the women's champion? I had no idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> such a weird scenario, and they've literally, like I said, what we said earlier, they've drafted in the apparently the Grizzly Join veterans had had left Progress, and now they're coming back to face Aussie Open. I don't even remember them leaving. Um, to add a bit of star power to the show. Like, pick a main event out of that show. Is there anything there that's, that stands out to you? Is, yeah, that could go on last. No. <laughs> no it's, it's... Ricky Shane Do... Page,
1: no? Oh, don't. He's a cult following. Gets, I don't get him. I don't get it at all.
3: It just seems to, yeah, looking at this, like we were speaking about this before uh, before recording. It's like we both, in theory, could go to this show and I've just been looking and all the seated tickets are sold out. But if you wanted oh, to, good. you can buy six standing tickets now. If you wanted to, that's the maximum amount you can So we all
2: go? The three of us, we'll, who else can we take?
3: If I decided to go, it will be trip. on the day. But even then, like, you read out the card to me. I'm not sure what I'd be travelling down for. Mate, you got better stuff to do on the sun. Yeah. Like, we were even saying, like, it's... Look, you could cook a we roast won't. dinner. Yeah, that's you it. You
1: could eat a roast dinner. I can come round, complain about how bad the roast dinner is.
3: Ron got progress. You might eat that roast. What's your bit of G one? I'd rather have a roast than get a Progress. Should we let the listeners decide? Does, does should, it, should, should, should Joe eat a roast or go and see progress?
2: <laughs> I think we know what the listeners are gonna pick there. Does Joe <laughs> gonna to wanna to go and watch Do Not Resuscitate against the N I C who's apparently Charlie Carter and Oys Delaney. Don't even know who they are. Uh, or does he want to have a roast? I think our listeners are going to go with the roast.
3: Yeah, I, I get the idea of someone like the NIC being on there, actually, just in terms of you're going to be rebuilding the shows and rebuilding the card from the ground up and using new people in there. Oh, Irish are, they? team that are on. The, are on the, they're a team that are, have been around for a long time. I think one of them is... I want to say I don't know if both of them are.
2: Hmm.
3: One of them's. um yeah, he's called Oshin Delaney, I think it is. Oshin Delaney, I might be getting his name completely wrong. I should know that. You should. Big resident Irish correspondent.
2: <laughs> You're that um,
3: down. But yeah, other than that, like they're the kind of people they should have on those uh, undercards. That's what they're going to have to start doing, and, and in order to be rebuilding. But it's whether or not they. got even the time for this Mm. to to go through that kind of mammoth process that have to do with entirely rebuilding the roster. And whenever I think of these things and you think of what's happened to all of these companies, it then becomes really clearer how terrible a thing NXT UK has generally been for fans and for promotions that aren't WWE Mm. or people who aren't being employed by them.
2: It's fresh, I'll give them that. It's different. It's kind of what you want to do, but yeah, I just don't like, like with the, the belt stuff, I don't trust them to stick the landing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's different So when's this proteus bollocks decided?
3: Prolapse. There's a rumble at the Ali, Ali Palli. A royal rumble. Like every 90 seconds. Oh, that sounds kind of cool, but I don't want to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Remember when the big September show was a big deal? Yes. Remember when Manchester yeah. shows were a big deal? Like JP said then, you know, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, this year at this point, it looks like they're only going to be doing one Manchester show. Remember when Progress was all about breaking new ground in new areas and making the September show bigger every year. Um, and now you get me at a Manchester show and I'm looking at my phone more than the show. That just tells you everything, JP.
1: No, <laughs> they've got Plymouth and Glasgow <laughs> oh. and Manchester and Sheffield and... Wherever NXT UK is taping to go to, so we want to do a bit less travelling. So let the lads st- stay in London a bit more. Mm, that's true.
2: Uh, although I would say JP, I've seen you do worse things than look at your phone during matches, but
3: that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> uh, I'm really scared when you said that, but then the number of things come in mind, I'm like, have I done that show? Quite possibly <laughs> talking about a
1: cameraman during Zack Saber Junior. and Will Ospreay.
2: <laughs> was he a nice plug? Yeah, good old Bill. Yeah, Bill. Any- <laughs> yeah, good old Bill. Oh, amazing. Holy crap! Yeah. The other thing I was going to bring up as well before we move on to kind of our, our G one section, I was going to talk about the uh, the news that uh, it's probably a minor news note, but that uh, CM Punk got announced for Starcast. Does that give you any hope that he's going to turn up at AEW that week? He's the, he's the ultimate troll. He clearly knows that's what everyone's going to think now. Uh, it's in Chicago. He's doing a live thing on fight. I don't think I'll have the fight books left at that point. JP, I'm down to 99. Uh, so I don't think Please. I'll be able to support the uh, the shoulder programming of uh, of All Out uh, after I've run out of my fight books. But do you reckon uh, do you reckon there's any legs in that? Or I don't know. It could happen. It'd be big if it did happen. Oh. He could be there, he could be there moxley for the the TV show launch. Apparently, apparently there's like a big announcement happening today, isn't there? With the AW and TNT, I assume it's the TV schedule. If anything comes up, I'll mention it on the show as as it happens.
3: That's right. It's meant to be, well, that Wednesday, the 2nd of October or something, it starts Mm. that they're going for. So sort of early, early October, um, into the fall season. Um, as in terms of CM Punk, I'd obviously love to see it. It would be just an enormous fuck you that he would go back into wrestling to to go and work for, for AEW. It would be hilarious for what it is. What he would be like and all the hypotheticals around that, this like in and of itself is interesting. Hmm. Like rather like seeing him that first time he thought Mickey Gall in UFC, I thought I do need to see this. And then when I started watching, it was like, oh, Jesus, yeah it was absolutely horrendous now I don't obviously think he'd be like that in wrestling although that time he came back he's now a, a kind of a much smaller weight than he ever would be would he make an appearance I mean he's already it, come back and been one of the dark
2: order under one of the hoods that'd be very CM Punk if he's done that
3: that would be if he came in, came in against Jericho in some way <laughs> beating Adam Page and then pulled off his mask at the I wouldn't end. want
1: to see Punk Jericho it's not Wrestlemania 28
3: Come
1: on, go back to far more. Far they, more. They announce
3: it for the first for the first show they do on TNT. Punk Jericho, it do rate him. Yeah, it's a good TV match, you it? You can throw yeah. it
2: out there. Yeah, though. yeah.
3: These are all things, but in terms of the way he plays this stuff, he plays entirely with a straight bat. He doesn't. He's like, no, I'm done with wrestling. He he seems to be financially wealthy enough. I know he does like commentary for some. Smaller MMA promotions, I think it's like LFL is one of them and stuff. Mm. So he seems happy enough to do that. I don't think he's ever going to be fighting in UFC again, but they have still got him for one more fight, haven't they? Have
1: they? He's still under contract.
3: He's is still he under contract. And obviously, Bellator would be all over mm. him if they could get him in as well. They would be. You know what they're like. Um, so who's, yeah, um,
2: who's Alberto Del Rio fighting soon? Hasn't he got like a shoot fight with someone?
3: I'm sure he's What's doing it? something. Nate Diaz? Oh, he, something like oh, that, isn't he? He's such a bullshit merchant. Not Nate merchant. Diaz.
1: Um, oh, my God, my mind's gone completely blank. T.O.R.T.'s. <laughs> oh, that's it, yeah? Alberto, I Tito
3: it's our from, sorry. Is that for Combate America? Yeah, think I think is, so. Yeah. Although it's a rumour, I don't know if it's confirmed. There you go. Punk that's... face the winner. That'd be awesome. There's lots of. It seems like those kind of rumours are always going to kind of be around. Well. <laughs> been... he'd, he'd have his head smashed in by T. <laughs> Put time. Joey Ginale versus is...
2: Enzo Amore on the undercard. You could sell some tickets.
3: I... Again, I would watch that. I would watch Janela Jan- and Enzo Amore. <laughs>
1: Why were they both at a Blink-182 concert? That's
3: it just that. adds to the weirdness of the story, doesn't
1: saw, it? Actually, I saw Little Wave was supported. So there you go, that's a reason to
3: go.
2: To you yeah. know a Blink-182 fan? No. No, no. I was in no, the no. Crazy House last week and they were still playing all the uh, the classic Blink-182 songs. It's a, it's, I wasn't a fan in the day. But you know, it's likes of them, the likes of some forty-one. You want to hear them now and I feel a little bit nostalgic for the uh, for the early 2000s.
1: Yeah, I was like into
3: them back at the Like day, everyone but... else in wrestling, mate. It's all 99, I have... 2000s. We all
2: permanently live in those years, don't we?
3: Yeah.
2: Didn't have
1: Enzo down as a Blink-182 fan, but I'm sure there Apparently was some of a
3: social media influence. It was good to know the angle you saw at MSG was really worthwhile them doing.
1: Yeah, whatever happened with that?
3: Enzo was a contact. I... Yeah, probably. Him being a shite orc, yeah, again. I was about right. re-
1: I'll was i be honest, after it happened, I really wanted to, it, them to do something with it because Ring of Honor sucks mm. and it would have just been something to laugh at Ring of Honor for. Mm. And it would have been interesting mm. in a way to just mock Ring of Honor. I, I'm kind of gutted they didn't go through with it.
2: <laughs> come on, Joe. He could've, yeah, could've, he could have come over. He could have come and done this, this UK tour with uh, with world champion Matt Taven are doing it. Dizzy and heights of Bolton on the tour. Don't even stop in Liverpool anymore. Could have worked. <laughs> if they're playing the Phoenix
3: anyway. Club, then I'd be well up for going to Bolton for that. That well, would be. Would
2: Enzo Morev be Matt Taven not get you in the building in a shoot fight? Maybe.
3: I to God, they're kind of suffering at the same time. But Enzo more now, I think, is his right. He's like a social media influencer. <laughs> That's so a down, JP. One of those people who's on like Instagram all day just promoting stuff for other people. I, mean, I could see that. Yeah, he's never been involved in the wrestling industry again, unfortunately. He will be booked at some point. I, be, I can see him at some stage getting in a Ring of Honour. See how desperate they really get. I'd be
1: up for an Enzo and Cass comeback at some point in WWE. I would. Personally. Perhaps i will set up on Raw
2: reunions tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Are that's no. when you know Vince is getting really desperate. If he brings back no, Russo, he brings back Enzo.
1: Well,
3: you can't beat that. Will, will it be like his NWO sprayed on the back of the chair when he turned around? When he thought Vince is getting proper <laughs> desperate. Here's the poison. Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: he could just put N Z O on a chair.
2: <laughs> oh, no, it books itself. Look what we did. Let's just hope Bully Ray never gets the pen in WDB because that's the only way that's happening.
3: No, double J's next in line. We've already <laughs> decided that. He's right, yeah. waiting for Bish off to just go do you know what i've got it in me double j takes over (laughs) smackdown Uh,
2: and then when he leaves he gets replaced by kushida
3: just because reasons (laughs) he's a hell of a book of kushida he's (laughs) keeping his eye he's you know like i said earlier it's just easy to get the two wrestling styles charisma experiences they've had the career paths between Kushida and Jeff Jarrett just parallel to each other. <laughs> and they naturally meet at, you know, when it when he wrestles Jackie Polo. I'm intrigued to see it. I will watch that match.
2: That's a JP job. That's that. would are adding that to your correspondent duties. You that's something you've got <laughs> to right. watch. And me and Joe can just bask in the glory of.
1: <laughs> so you'd have the Scottish correspondent as well, then. Okay.
3: Don't start this. You 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 do one set of correspondent duties.
1: No, I do. Oh, I do a few.
3: I'd, I'd do about 18 of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's voluntary. <laughs> you hog all the correspondence duties. Well, I'm
3: sharing it. I'm sharing my AAA correspondence duties with you two in Earth as well.
2: Yeah, we will have to get some live reactions to that one because uh, I think that's going to be a fun thing to watch live. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. I, I I won't lie. I'll be half watching Triple Mania and just half watching Joe's reaction. As he <laughs> just...
1: I'm going to no-sell it all. You
3: are, aren't you? Get you drunk enough beforehand, you'll do it. There you go, drunk and full of
2: roast dinner, and he'll be good. Um, but but one one thing, actually, I expected you to be the correspondent on this week, JP. But we all actually watch was Pack and Bankhead. Yeah. You said last week you were going to watch it. From did you watch the whole Cobo World Show or just that? Uh,
3: just that. Oh, just so that. So far, there was a bit I was going to watch, which was the Ultimo Dragon match. He was in a six man <laughs> mm. as well earlier on, um, but in the end, I. I only really had the time to watch um, Pac and Ben K, mm. Like thousands of other people in this country, I went to Trafalgar Square to watch it, where they have it on big screens, <laughs> showing it off to everyone, because, you know, big Ben Ben Kay fans, a lot of...
1: Oh, so long as a national anthem, were they?
3: They were... Met an old woman, said she hadn't watched a wrestling match live at Triangle Square since Billy Robinson was wrestling Ricky Dozer. She was very excited to see
1: that this. never happened.
3: Probably didn't.
1: He was dead by the time Billy Robinson went to Japan. Really? It's like, like 1963. Let me dream. You, you ruined Your timeline's off, mate. You well, get... she was
3: old, so, you know. you got to
1: work on your hypotheticals.
3: All right, okay. i will work working it for next time. <laughs> so... Yeah, I watched it with thousands of others at Trafalgar Square. Wow. Um, or as it's otherwise known, on my phone <laughs> earlier today. Where were you? Um, I just finished my driving lesson. I've come back in.
1: And you watched it on your phone in your house?
3: Yeah, yeah. I was just dumb if I just started watching it. I was perfectly happy watching it on that. If you could, if you, you could multitask. Either. Yeah, I know I've got a TV there, <laughs> but I just wanted to watch it on the phone. That's weird. It's not weird. Everything's weird to you. That's proper weird. No, it yeah. is.
2: We were just kind of in a relaxed kind of rut. JP, you had your phone in your hand, and you were just, you know, easy, isn't it? Easy option. I was
3: exactly. Um, so yeah, what did what did you guys make of the the, the next savior of wrestling that is Ben K?
1: Go he was now. a guy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> in shorts. He, wasn't sure he was in the long baggy trousers, wasn't he?
1: Oh, what well, yeah, they look like
3: shorts to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, he was a guy with cauliflower ears. Yeah.
3: Not yeah. really impressed. Beno?
2: Um, I don't know. Just, I was We were talking about this today, and I, one of my mates, crew was kind of saying that, like, for him, it was, like, the other big pack matches, you can kind of watch them and parachute in as an outsider and get the story like you know, like the dragon kid match whereas with this maybe it's that we don't watch dragon game we don't really the obviously they had the the video at the start didn't they and larry dallas was doing his best to kind of explain the story but maybe it's that we didn't get the references (laughs) and stuff because i wasn't really feeling it either um i saw people raving about it as a as a fantastic match but i think maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm with Benkei as well. Maybe you need to know the story of Benkei getting to this point and getting this big win, for it maybe to resonate more than than to be something for for people like us to parachute in on.
1: Yeah, I just wasn't impressed with Benkei. I was expecting a lot more from this say Dragon Gate and possibly the British Indies in many ways as well. <laughs> and he just looked like if I was thinking of, he was in G one, he wouldn't really stand out. He just be, sort of be. There, if anything, and I thought Pack was excellent in the match. I mm. thought uh, Pack's facial expressions were amazing at times. Mm. I love what he does during the national anthem as yeah, well. Yeah, that oh, was he's great. Good.
3: He's so good. Sort of fucked him out, didn't he? Yeah, you
1: know? yeah, and it paid off what he did against. Was it Casey? That he did that against as well. Yeah, uh, but also he's clearly got a bit of disdain for the, yeah, okay. that, yeah. for the national anthem, like mm. myself. So <laughs> yeah, that made me like it a little bit more.
3: Yeah. What did you make of it, yeah. JP? Were you a fan? It wasn't as as great as I, I, I thought it was going to be. For me, there was also just a, too much interference as well. At that point, that kind of took me out for a bit. Because in some ways, I know what the story they were telling, it was much more about him getting over the members of uh, Red, the the faction that, that packs in, R.E.D. So it was about him sort of battling the odds with that. And at that point, it felt like a very old-fashioned match in some ways. And mm. that kind of took me out of it. And there were spots he did where he ducked duck under the double clothesline from the heels, and then he speared both of them. And it was like stuff that I thought was out of really WWE, and not really what you're kind of expecting from Dragon Gate necessarily, or maybe what I'm expecting from Dragon Gate. And that's mm. not to say it's a bad match, but it's... I'm glad he's not Dragon Gate champion anymore, but yeah, it just didn't hit the heights that I let it. I, I thought it was going to go to. He
2: never did, they hit that next gear, did they? Like I went three point seven five uh, on Grapple. Not that I'm saying it was a bad match, but I don't know. Yeah, no. big big main event ma- match on the on the big show. Yeah, maybe I did expect more, and maybe it was again one of the first times I've seen Benkei I don't know if that makes me a treasonous to certain sections of the internet there's just uh, 10 very angry Dragon Gate fans listening to this show right now shaking their fist but I'm, I'm just not a Dragon Gate fan um, yeah I mean I am guilty of being one of those people uh, the kind of the big story coming out of this is great Pac hasn't got the belt anymore I'm going to see Pac do more interesting things outside the Dragon Gate now rather mm-hmm. than being what the Dragon Gate fans would be, which is you know what a well told story, what a great title reign, packed of, protected himself. they told the story from start to finish, and it meant something when he lost the belt. And yeah, all I'm thinking is, oh cool, he can lose in Rev Pro now. Oh cool, he might wind up in AEW now, where I can see him in in some matches that are maybe you know of interest to me.
3: Well, ultimately, it's going to be interesting about how this been successful for Dragon Gate from a business perspective. Him coming back and this title run, have they managed to do? as well as they would have done last year. And if they have done better on that front, then it would have been entirely worthwhile for them to do. They will have used Pack in the way that they wanted him used and the mm. fact that he was undefeated. So the, the cachet in that, if they're able to kind of really latch onto this, it might have been a good business decision for them and then it kind of works out for everyone. But, yeah.
1: Do you know what it wasn't? And what? do you know what Ben Kay isn't? Michael Oku or Cara Noir?
3: yeah. Yeah, that's true. They, <laughs> they, them, they were better matches. They right?
1: had a pretty similar layout in places. these were both
3: of them. live as yeah, well, yeah, didn't you?
1: Uh, yeah, It didn't hit the sort of high gear, but those those two matches hit. I didn't
2: think. Yeah, I think that's more to do with like maybe in those matches they're like more. I don't know, I could imagine they're just going to slot into the pack match. Like both of those felt like yeah. just pack match, and it was all pack. Well, it wasn't all pack. I think, but I do think in the Car and Noir match, it was you know pack ball and the strings. Whereas this maybe wasn't yeah. you know, your pure pack match. Uh, I don't know. I,
3: I, I, I would... And also, it's like you said earlier on, it's like the storyline that they already had going on in Dragon Gate and mm-hmm. the rise of Ben K is something, you know, the Oku matches and the Cara Noir matches don't have to sort of carry that weight. Yeah, that no, of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah, I, get, I get that. Yeah, definitely.
2: But yeah, a match that people can can actually go out and rate on Grapple now. Dragon
3: Gate is like uh, the latest edition. How, how many mm-hmm.
2: promotions is it on Grapple now, JP? Is it
3: 16? 16. Ah, yeah. 16 promotions up on there at the minute with, mm. with the promise of more to come. Mm. And Gareth gets occasional hassles for like, why haven't you got such and such on there? Why but... haven't you got Portsmouth Pro Wrestling or why
2: haven't you got like... Yeah, it's Stockport Pro on there. Uh there's only so much you can do. He's a one-man uh, army, isn't he? Uh, getting all this stuff up, like the G1. Yeah. Like uh, getting though just getting that up. Like that is a, a battle in itself, never mind Getting all the, the stuff up from the uh the various promotions. But yeah, you can you can go on there, you can leave your, your ratings stuff packing and Ben K. What did you guys give it by the way? I so said that gave it 3.75.
3: Um, I went for.
2: Oh, there you go. You're higher than me on it, then. Yeah. Uh, if the, you see
3: it, it's 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 a it's a very good match. Mm. Well, the average as a four-star rating would suggest yeah. eight out of ten.
2: The average on Grapple four point oh eight, so dead on, pretty much uh, for both of yeah. you guys. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah, there's a uh, lots of uh, drag gate on there for people to leave the ratings on. And yeah, if anyone's got any thoughts on the uh, on the rest of the show, do let us know. But yeah, unless there's uh, anything else you guys want to talk, should we uh, head into our G1 section? Oh, yes. Awesome. Let's do it. G1 climax
0: 29!
1: Now is having these all he doing his Spurs Champions League one to the form of the, the Dream.
2: Right, so yeah, it's uh, week two of the G one kind of, basically week three, but the the second uh, four week. And I tell you what, lads, that all most wonderful time of the year. Uh, JP knocked up for us last year. I feel it's here now. I feel like this week, I actually, it felt like G one time to me.
3: Yeah, it's it, it. This is where it's it. It's not peak yet either. No, but it felt the quality level was. Mm was generally like a kind of step above and the kind of flow of the tournament itself is starting to kind of take shape with all the little stories. So, Mm. which is pretty much happened last year. And I've been thinking a lot about this in terms of comparisons with last year Mm. and seeing some people say this year's tournament is slightly better, which I can see it kind of, I suppose, either way. But it's been better so far or it's a better laid out tournament? Um... I think it's very, very similar generally all of the top end is probably very similar, Mm. but I actually think that the bottom end of matches, there were more last year and we brought it up before the matches say with Yoshihashi in where I wouldn't be particularly interested in them. Mm. This year it's kind of generally condensed to Farley. I can handle Taichi. There are times Mm. I think he's, he's been shock horror. All right. Certainly better than (laughs) Farley. So, so yeah, it oh, feels it's... like it's it's at that point. It's 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 bubbled over really nicely. Gotten mm. I've gotten much more into it these week this week. I also think mm. as well the schedule, the way that they've laid this out with the rest oh, days. Yeah.
2: It's like three I'm days, kind of, isn't yes. it? And then a big rest. Like I saw someone say something like the A block gets like a whole week off at one point from singles, matches yeah. better for Two the wrestlers points. too, innit? Two points, yeah, yeah. Happens yeah, both. because
1: you think Dallas and then there was a week off of course, there and then yeah, then now, yeah, so yeah, the likes of Osprey and Abushi,
2: perfect. Oh yeah, gives yeah. gives gives them a chance to rest up, and yeah, like you said there, JP, like the you know, there is always the low men in the tournament, but instead of it being Macabe it's you know the people who are kind of grown when they come out, especially in the A block, it's Evil and Sonada, and you know if that's my big complaint, then it's going to be a pretty good G
3: one, yeah. Exactly, and even then, I think in the case of Evil, he's, he's, he can argue that even at this point, he's had a more substantial G1 than what he had last year. I mean, his mm. matches were really anonymous. Mm. When he was in that, he was in the A block last year. He had a good year. one
1: in 2017.
3: He did. He had the match the, the match with the card, but last year's one, he was very nondescript. And I think even here, his his efforts have been better mm. already. Not like earth-shatteringly good, but certainly better definitely
2: well yeah well let's get into it then because i think maybe a big part of why i think this week's felt more like g1 is you said you know similar to last year a big thing is that you know this was a heavy a block week and the a block is definitely the stronger i've got so many more things to say about these a block matches than i do the on the two different days than i do the b block sandwiched in the middle um but let's get into it i mean first a block day we had this week was uh was day five uh headline by osprey abushi but you know, with an incredible you know, but maybe incredible song, but a really strong undercard with it as well. A really, really strong semi main event too. It really did feel like this is kind of where the uh the G one started proper for me. Um day five kind of kicked off with with Kenta and Lance Archer, Lance Archer who's another big part of why I'm enjoying the tournament this year. Like I never I never thought I'd be so into Lance Archer, but you know what, JP? You were right about uh, Hoytamania all these years. It's uh, him coming out, being all fired up and knocking out young boys, uh, diving onto them at one point in in this match with Kenta. I'm really into it. It, it, it Shutting down Kenta with the you're not Kenta, you're Hideo stuff Um, and just being a really good big man um, and kind of being maybe the dominant one in a match that maybe Kenta's not... It doesn't maybe use Kenta's strengths best because Kenta, I think, himself is better when he's more of a bully. Uh, but a really good big man little man match. And yeah, another indication of why I'm enjoying this tournament this year that, that yeah, even Lance Archer is, uh, is pulling them out the back.
1: Yeah, I thought this one was really good fun. I actually watched this one in a bit of a JP way, actually. I was watching this when I was on the toilet when I was in Germany.
3: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the way the G1 was meant to be watched so he's
1: sneaking bits of G1 in when uh, I don't know my mates were doing their thing and I was uh, yeah getting a bit of private time was That's it
2: live of... Joe or was it just a case of you just threw this match Oh up? no no no
1: I had no chance of watching any of this live uh, It was if I knew I was going to be on the toilet for a particularly long time <laughs> I might be like I can get a match in here oh, I like that... end it a little bit
2: I disappeared into the disabled living work to watch Osprey Ibushi just because there's a lot of leg space there you can kind of chill out uh, again, my bosses probably think there's something up with me, but it was a it was a well spent twenty minutes. You've got you've got to sneak this time in when you can. Uh, was it a was it was it a German lube? were you watching Kent or Archer Joe?
1: It was my mate's flat, which oh. is like one of the nicest places any of my friends ever lived, put it that way. It's like a proper bachelor pad. Hang on. Place.
2: Nicer than JP's bachelor pad? Yeah,
1: it's a, in a different league his living room was bigger than jp's entire flat oh. um this yeah. bloke's at 140 100,000 euros as a professor of computer science at a university like he's got a first at oxford and at our school we got 12 a stars in his gcse's and was in the paper for doing all sorts of clever stuff back in the day he's in a different league to me and his flat certainly says that so Uh the great thing about it was when i was on that toilet watching this didn't even have to put headphones in because it was so far away from where everyone else was they wouldn't have heard it so that was what (laughs) i was loving about it there's no questions about that wrestling stuff that i like or anything so yeah
3: and it added more to lance archer's performance in this match (laughs) as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it was a really, really good match. I thought it was just a really well-paced back-and-forward match. Mm. Archer, and we'll come on to it with Tanahashi match as well, he's been a revelation at this tournament. Yes, He's one of my favourite people. Never did I think Lance Archer would be a guy (laughs) who I don't want to miss in this tournament. Mm. But but this new approach of it is just, like, go balls out Mm. and give it your all. Fair play to the bloke. Like, great work at
3: it. Yeah, I mean, He's I think getting the claw the, over, even. Yeah, yeah, I I think he is. I mean, it, it's certainly with that with that crowd, and that live audience as well. The fact, you know, dueling chance with Tanahashi here, he was very much the crowd favourite, and it's still playing very much into the sort of Kenters from Noah, and you know, and that's apparently a heresy in New Japan to have that as well. But I I really like I, I you mentioned about him not being the bully. I I liked the fact that. Uh, Kenna's sort of stick and move stuff at the start. Mm. I like the way that sort of like you know you're sort of poking the bear in the eye with a stick, really <laughs> at that. And I enjoyed that approach to
2: it. Is that a phrase, I, poking the bear in the eye with a stick?
3: Yeah, and it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm sticking with that. Um, and it, but Archer is such like a kind of force of nature at this point. And there's, do you yeah. know what? It's really strange for someone who's been around for 17 years. Mm. He's never really been overexposed. So there is a degree of sort of freshness about this run as well. This isn't like, it's not like his WWE run really ends up defining who he is and and what he's done. So in some ways, this kind of character rein, that's not character reinvention per se, but sort of amplifying some aspects of it works really well for him. Do you know
1: what he reminds me of?
3: Works like a big man as well. That's the thing I also.
1: Oh yeah. That's excellent. He reminds me of a porn star who was around for years but then the later years, when she's doing MILF stuff, <laughs> makes it big and gets a bigger following and becomes more popular. Lance Archer is the MILF of uh, wrestling right now.
2: Oh, what does that make Kenta? Oh, God. Oh. Michael Owen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry? Say that again. It's, what does that make Kenta?
3: Michael Owen.
2: Is, is Kenta like Ron Jeremy <laughs> like after he's lost his smile or something? Is that what it is?
3: I'm fuffy. <laughs> I think Lance Archer. Mike Clawing would... versus a MILF in Corican Hall.
1: The Lisa Ann
3: of uh, wrestling. <laughs> oh my god! Uh,
2: oh, by the way, we're going to our House when you uh, when you come up to Liverpool. That's a given. <laughs>
3: yeah. And Brookside Close. <laughs> yes. And the Street from Bread by yeah. Colin Rice's house. That we'll do Patrick, that. Trick this. <laughs> Park as well.
2: Uh, but. But yeah, I mean, to think about that, back to, like, the thing about Archer is, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I I first started watching, I've said it before, like, the, the watching the G1s as they go when they were on Ustream in 2014. It was the AJ Styles tournament, and he was in that one. And I only know that because somebody reminded me of that on Twitter this week, and I couldn't tell you anything he did in that tournament. I was told he had a good tournament. Can't remember anything about it. I'm going to remember him this year. Whether it's just him somehow getting this dumb claw over or it is him, you know, just being really aggressive and knocking out young boys and even throwing the odd flip in there. There's something really different about him this year. I didn't love him tapping out to the cross face. That's kind of a weird finish yeah. for a match with Kenta. But I get it if they're trying to get that over as a, you know, as Kenta's obvious uh, secondary finish.
1: I wonder if Kenta would have struggled to get him up or something for the
2: go to sleep. Sar so, with approach, yeah. Yeah, and they kinda of made the point already. But yeah, really strong match. Do you know what you gave it on grapple?
3: Three and three quarters. Nice. I went four. JP? I'm just having a check. I think I might have been a low man. I think I was like three and a half. Like perfectly fun match. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That, it, it did its job, didn't it? Um... Absolutely. It was like the opener for the G1 matches. You always want it, you always want it to be lively. You mm. just want it to... Because it kind of sets the pace then for the rest of the night. Mm. Sorry to get harp on about Yoshihashi again. There was nothing more depressing when you were like, right... Knight of g1 first match he comes out and you're like oh christ here we go <laughs> like you're already kind of bored by that point by the time he appears and you go oh, I've got oh. 15 minutes i'm gonna to to <laughs> sit through here for this but not with not with lance archer no Hoytomania like living it on it's running wild uh, oh yeah but speak, speaking never stopped of...
2: <laughs> it never stopped speaking of which though you know, being bored. I mean, the next matchup was Evil and Sonada. I mean, I might need <laughs> one of you guys to analyse this one. It was a good pro wrestling match. I I find it really hard to care about either of these guys. And I know they were trying to do the grudge thing and, you know, in the in the tags leading up to it and them teasing attacking each other. they always do that well, like you know, when they have the interplay between the LIJ guys. Um, kind of that, that battle to see who's you know, obviously Naito is very much the number one, who's the number two in LIJ, the Japanese crowd were really into it both men are really over so it's obviously me and you know, to a wider extent just the western audience it feels like they're sick of evil and sonata. Um but for me this was the the definition of a, three and a half, 3.25 star special, um, I don't know about you guys
1: i went exactly the same on it yeah i just i wasn't into it i think it's just my lack of investment in both guys uh if anything i've seen people really high on this match but yeah i was laid in bed late at night a bad throat (laughs) watching this one and it wasn't keeping me awake it was putting me to sleep if anything that's not to say it was bad I just had a long day. Mm. I've been on lots of roller coasters.
3: <laughs> See, I was slightly higher on this. It was three and a half. And again, it comes into where, where I was at the time. So I didn't watch it live. It was my last day at work that mm. day. And so when I left work, I was like on the bus on the way back in a good mood, knowing that I had a, a couple of weeks off. And so settled down, started off with that Arch, archer, Kenta match. I was like, yeah, And I found myself watching this because it was particularly nice. It was like an easy watch at that particular point, and I was in a a decent move, and I didn't mind it. And like you say, the crowd were into them, and Evil's just been that that little bit more motivated this year. But overall, if you're looking at them as characters and where they go after this, Mm. I, I was thinking about this today. I could see one, if not possibly both of them, turning on LIJ on the January 5th show if he wins at the Dome. Mm. But that's that's what I was thinking because there just there needs to be something there because otherwise they're just going to end up treading water as they are. There needs to be not ness nece- it needs to be necessarily radical, but the way that they are positioned at the moment, mm. it, they need to do something about it suit williams
2: i said on our first g1 show suit williams i'd be terrified that Sonado was going to win this entire thing to the point where in my voices of wrestling pickums which is kind of my alternate one i was having Sonado winning all his matches and i'm so glad that i'm near the bottom in that thing because it means that's probably not happening at this point um but yeah the just something needs but again do you think that's just us as westerners jp because we say that yeah they're over aren't they um and it seems to work uh, with the Japanese audience. I don't get it, but yeah, they're, they're definitely the low point for me, but I'm kind of glad they were in the same match here, at least.
3: Yeah. I think for, for this one, like it's, it's a really difficult one because you get into the idea of how, of how popular they are clearly in that audience. And it is Kuroken as well. So it's going to be a hotter, more hardcore audience. They, they sold out all three days and you know, the crowd are really pumped. So it, for them they're going to be into them but ultimately they're going to be looking at how they do appeal to that wider audience if they're mm-hmm. going to go with someone there mm-hmm. because even if they're looking at it internationally tomohiro ishii is a much better bet to go with mm-hmm. i would say internationally and in japan as Sonado or evil would be definitely definitely
2: um up next then we had uh, the traditional bad luck follow versus okada match They're never great, (laughs) but Okada does his best. Uh, This was one of those ones where he went... I I did like the entrance for Chase Owens doing Farley's entrance so that Farley could beat up uh, Okada and drag him out. And, you know, what? the reason I loved it is we got to cut out 10 minutes of the match because Okada didn't have to have a shine at that point. We just went straight to the heat. We went straight to the Okada comebacks. We got the roll-up win, and Okada did the absolute best you can do with this utter bum that is bad luck Farley. Um, the shindiest looking wrestler uh, in the tournament
3: at this point for my money. Yeah. He's bringing it down and he's, he's half arse it as well. Mm. If he's, if he he's someone obviously that they're really invested with, particularly because of the dojo and the people he's bringing across, use him in that role. Mm. Don't actually put him in a G fucking one. Mm. I his last one. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, praying to that because imagine the upgrade and that I mean if you had Archer as just your big man in there mentioned it as well before if you could get someone like a Brody King for next year it would mm. probably be kind of ideal for fulfilling that role that he does. Mm. It's terribly out of shape as well.
2: Yeah, yeah he just doesn't look motivated at all and yeah I mean a lot of people moan when Minora Suzuki wasn't in the tournament and the talk was you know the foreigners and the Kenters of the well taking their places. It, it, you just all you need to do is take Bad Luck Farley out, um, and there you go. Coming getting... over there,
3: stealing their G1 spots. <laughs> That's
2: what they do. We're gonna have a, a Japanese wrestling version of Brexit at some point. Hopefully, Bad Luck Farley <laughs> can be the first one to go. Um, but yeah, a match, uh, Okada again. The Okada, I gave it two and a half. Don't know about you guys,
3: the Okada special. we skipped this one, fair enough. It was, it was, uh, yeah, uh, two and a quarter. I went. Even Though you skipped it, Joe, it's... you've
2: definitely seen it,
3: yeah, I know, and you've seen better versions of this as well. Yeah, that's it.
2: Um, up next, match you can't skip Tanahashi Saber Jr. Uh, very good. Mm-hmm. I hear talk about this one as you know being in the same league as Asprey Ibushi, which is the main event we'll talk about in a minute. For me, really, yeah, I, I, for me, I, I think maybe it's a style thing, you know. This was very much a Tanahashi sell-job match and kind of winning against the run-of-play kind of match. More like the, the technical you know stylings that you used to with him. For me, it was a 3.75 match, not better. Saying that, looking at the grapple average, the grapple averages are about 4, so maybe that is about right. Uh, I thought it was solid. They've had better matches in the past. They'll have better matches in the future, but a really enjoyable semi-main event.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, again, I went 3.75. Um, again, I think it was another match where these guys click. There's a way that they've got of telling a the story. They always tell that story in a pretty similar way. I've seen my better matches. I've seen my worse matches. It was what I was expecting. I really like the ending, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the way mm-hmm. that they did it out of nowhere. Yeah, I like the fact that she hasn't got to use his you know, put damage on his knees constantly by not having a good of a top rope to finish his matches over time. Mm. Yeah, it's something a, a little bit different. And again, some variety on the card as well. Mm. And coming after a card of Farley, it seemed like the crowd were really up for this one as well. Definitely.
3: Yeah, I'm the high man here. I went four stars on it. And partly because of the surprise finish. I love the fact that it was like fifteen minutes long. Mm. So it didn't 15 feel... minutes
2: of Tanner selling as
3: well though. Like the, the finish is yeah. completely against the runner play. Exactly. It was like, I wasn't expecting a match like that. And so for that reason, I enjoyed it. And, 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 you know, even though the record, we'll talk about the record that Zach's had in this tournament so far, in terms of the points, the way that he's been like one of the star men of this year's G1. Hmm. I
1: think Tanahashi has been great as
3: well. Absolutely. And you would expect, and you wouldn't blame him for Tanahashi to kind of have, those really good matches towards the end when they're in Budokan instead you know I like the match he had with Kenta obviously the match with Okada as well the match match with Archer you know yeah he's having an outstanding tournament for someone who's no right to be you know he's adapted his, to his style as well hasn't he yeah if but um, if he has to work that match from underneath and sell loads he's amazing
1: at oh he's incredible at yeah. he's one of the best storytellers out there I think yep. yeah I've been with all of his matches based on what he is doing at the match and what he is bringing to the match mm.
2: I think he's like you know when people make that argument about we, we talked about it on the show best British wrestler of all time if we go purely with matches we go with Osprey, and then there'll be people <clears> who go no Regal's better because of the little things he does in matches obviously Tanahashi's already one of the best of all time just based on his matches But as far as little things are like just watching him do in a match, I think he's actually the best in the world right now. He's maybe not having best in the world high-end matches at this point, although he's still got them in his locker. And if he makes the final again, I'm sure he'll pull it out. But he's kind of, you know, for me, the best in the world in that other way in that I just love watching, you know, the little ways he sells and the little way he targets his opponent and the way he puts his story together in a match that, you know, like I say, I gave it 3.75, but I appreciated it kind of for what it is.
3: Yeah. And again, variation. Different type of different type of match. And, you know, all the better for it. And it says about the variation that Tanner can have in his matches. Yeah, he's well. one of the
1: smartest wrestlers out there, yeah. I yeah. think, isn't he? You put that down he's, to experience. He's, the ring smarts are there. Yeah.
2: He's what people say around the Ortoners, isn't he, Joe? You know, people say, oh, you, you've got to see all those things, Randy, those, you've got to be a wrestler to get why, why he's so good. But with Tanahashi, it's, it's yeah, it's actually... And
1: Tanahashi's there. matches are always great. And yeah. it's yeah. interesting you say about Osprey and him, because the last night of the block is him versus Ospreay. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. a match I
3: can't wait for. That's going to be special. Yeah. Um, you you were saying as well, sorry, about the, the comparison with Orton. I mean, I, the more I see Tanner and Okada, this the elements of the sort of, Bret Hart nature within them. You think of, like, when people talk about Orton being this great wrestler, it's like, I think you're describing Bret Hart instead, mm. who was able to do with a relatively limited moveset that really meant something, be able to sell, be able to adapt to different types of opponents. Mm. I'm know.
1: sure I saw Tanahashi say once that his favourite wrestler ever is Shawn Michaels. Wow. And it sort of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes about, sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. Mm.
2: That, like, flashier so edge.
1: Yeah, and yes. sort of stylistically, and the adaptation of a style as well over years to get longer at your career and all the rest. His
3: of it. appreciation has always been of the sort of orthodox pro wrestler, in mm. a sense. Obviously, Michaels being flashy would be something that would appeal, definitely.
2: Uh, you mentioned the uh, differences in style there, and yeah, a complete styles clash to that match, the main event, Osprey Ibushi, the one I snuck off into the toilet to watch. I'll only do that when it's a special match, and this felt like it was going to be special. Far better than Wrestle Kingdom for me. They uh, just felt a little bit more unchained. Maybe it was the watching it and believing every bit of selling because you kind of had that neck versus leg quote unquote story where... That's kind of what I love about it with these two. You don't know like how far the work goes. Is Osprey's neck really as bad as the saying? Is Abushi's you know, leg really as bad as the saying? But it doesn't matter. You know, maybe we're getting worked, maybe we're not, but it gets the reaction out of me. That some of those some of the landings Osprey had on his neck were downright scary. Uh there were some great spots in this one. I love that it was kind of grimy and gritty. It wasn't all because of the two injuries, it felt like more of a fight than, you know, maybe the more athletic contest you'd maybe get between these two. You know, stuff like a mm. uh, Bushy slapping Osprey when he was in the corner on his head, you know, it being like a there felt like there was a bit of a personal edge to this with the injury element. I absolutely love this thing and yeah, for me the the real life story uh, added to it um, in a lot of ways rather than uh, the subtracted.
1: Oh yeah, this was absolutely excellent. I thought at this point, this was the best match we have seen in the tournament so mm. far. Um, it felt like this had the highest stakes of any match in the tournament up to this point as well, and they played that up especially well, I thought. And the injury, oh, injuries, I should say, really did add to that mm. as well. I thought that the way they played off both of their injuries was was excellent, and they worked callbacks from the last match into the match but also focused on the injury at different points as well. So there were sort of layers to the way that they were telling the story, if anything. Um, What is kind of amazing about the match as well is just the layout of the match. What I loved was that they employed no sort of formula. The match felt completely organic. Like when we talk about John Moxley and Ishii, I'll talk about formula, but there was no formula to this match. I felt like I'd never seen this match before. It felt, even though I've seen Ibushi and Osprey wrestle a million matches, Mm. it felt like this match was completely fresh. It was a completely different sort of style, if anything. And the fact that it just sort of unfolded in a really organic way made it feel that little bit more competitive at times as well. I thought they paced it perfectly. I thought when it got to sort of 27 minutes, you were thinking, oh God, this could go to a draw. I was convinced it was going to a draw at one point as well. But at the same time... Even with that result and that finish, it feels like they can do more together still. Mm. It feels like there are more great Osprey Abushi matches to come. Yes, And this was just another advancement of this overall story between these two guys, if anything. Mm. And if this is what they can do in the middle of a G1 at Corican, I don't know what they might be capable of. Let's say a sumo hall mm. or a, a big match in like a Saka or somewhere, like, mm. yeah, this story is going to go on from here. And with the way they use callbacks for the first match, oh, I can't wait to see what they're going to do going forward from here.
2: Mm. Yeah, I went f- 4.5 on it, I could easily see them having a five star match or at least a 4.75. Uh, where were you on it, JP? <laughs>
3: I actually went, I went 4.25, but oh. after what you're saying, I might have to go back another another no, watch of enough. this. Uh, by this point, I hadn't travelled back and the stresses of, of life at home starts to come into it. Um, <laughs> Where'd you watch this one? I think I was back here at that point. I think <laughs> i got back. On the toilet? Uh, yeah. Naked? So I'd probably all been probably distracted by that stage. <laughs> probably distracted by? I'm not going to go into it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... For it, um, yeah, it, there is obviously that better match in there. It makes me also wonder. I mean, effectively, Osprey being pushed into what really would have been the Omega role if he'd ended up staying and put putting him in there is yeah. the way of B. He's he's the guy who can have those amazing matches with Ibushi that can, and have the kind of like proper feud for mm. Ibushi where he can sort of invest himself. A bit more, and something different from Naito, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: what it felt like to me. It felt like the seeds of a more personal issue. Like I said, that's what I liked about it—the griminess, the grittiness of it, the the real fight element.
3: And there is something I I also thinking about the two Osprey matches, but the idea of his um, when he's having to sell, like when he was at WrestleMania for that weekend, mm. he does have. A lot more drama. It does add that bit of extra drama to his matches. As, as much as I end up wincing on stuff where he lands on his head and neck, mm. praying that this is all a work and that he's actually all right, or thinking I don't even want to know what damage he's ended up doing. <laughs> well, that, that's what I love because, like, I watch it, and maybe that's it's just my problem, but I've
2: you know that little uh, smarky voice. You know the the weird subsection of people who who complain about Osprey and his selling and stuff and his. Alleged no selling. Yeah, I think that that to be fair, that section's kind of gone very quiet now. But like, you can kind of watch an osprey match like this and go, "This is where you can really lose it." Because if someone goes, "Oh, I'm gone," osprey flipping and landing on his head, but he's supposed to be have a bad neck. He's not selling. It's like, no, in real life, he's got that bad neck, and he's still managing to hit all these moves. So, if anything, it makes it make even more logical sense.
3: Yeah, it is, and they worked them in from the start, which mm. was the the smartest thing to do, and it did. It. Add much more to draw I- I'm going to go back and watch this one again. Yes, yeah, because I ended it. up doing it again with with Osprey Acada as well. Mm. Some
1: of the reversals of this yeah. as well, and some of the spots where they did play off the injury were scary. Mm. When Ibushi right. did that sort of like cop killer style move, where he mm. basically dropped. Yeah, it in his yeah. Oh, but I, I think was the ger- the German. Of like I turned away. Of that's oh, like, that was oh.
2: horrible. I think in some ways, though, I don't know whether a rewatch would do it justice, JP. Because I think part of what's great about this match is watching it like right in the middle of all the news and then not knowing whether Osprey's okay or not. And you kind of you wince even yeah. more at those big spots, and it it does have more of an emotional connection, doesn't it, than maybe watching this cold in a couple of years.
3: Yeah, I think so, and I, I can certainly see the point. And it might have been the thing that slightly took me out is I just don't enjoy those. Mm. Like, it's the problem I have with, with Ibushi. And and when you think of his match he had against Okada as well, but obviously we'll come to that in a bit, but the way that mm. that was worked in a way that I was a lot more kind of engaged with.
2: It's because you're a dad, JP. I reckon that's what it is. It is, um.
3: ultimately. It always <laughs> comes back down to that. That's it. But <laughs> if my kids were able to deliver some sweet snap German suplexes, that would be...
2: <laughs> you need to, get get be to go all
3: in, Scott, Scott and Rick Steiner style. Yeah.
2: Portsmouth School of Wrestling, JP. Get them down there. We'll uh, we'll sort them out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was kind we of... We need an in there, mate. That's what we need. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as A-Block Knights go, really strong one. We then went over to the B-Block for for day six. I think we'll probably fly through this because I think really... Uh, maybe one match show is harsh, but there's one match I really want to talk about and an undercard I don't really want to talk about too much. Um, mm. Although we did get one of the rare, solid Tai Chi matches against Shingo. Um, I thought this was
1: really good. Yeah,
2: Maybe because is in there, but yeah, it's it's one of the best ma- Tai Chi matches I think I've ever seen, whether that's hyper is or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, myself, I, with that one, I went th- uh, three and a half, which is the highest I think I've ever gone for a Tai Chi match, or I can think of.
1: I went four stars. I think this is the best wow. Tai Chi match ever. Um, yeah, Shingo's great. His facials in this as well. Oh, just great! It's selling that second spot Osprey on.
3: match he had was really good Chi. the one they had in Japan, not the one. Yeah, that was not good. the I one. I we saw.
1: this. I think I prefer yeah. just the flow. Perhaps, perhaps I've got to take uh, Taiji off the Osprey best match list now. Bugger. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that. <laughs> take over, JP. <laughs>
3: yeah. Gonna where we go from this one? Um, yeah, I I'm slightly higher on on chi than you you guys but why? i thought it worked great it's why though? shingo is why? sorry why though why? why i especially in japan okay. i think it's something about seeing chi matches where he's in japan where the crowd are a lot more invested i think i end up becoming invested it almost like forces him to do more yeah. whereas every time he comes though, i think the best match i've seen him ever having rev pro was a match against chris brooks <laughs> which had that kind of Bollocks finish involving Will Ospreay, oh, which,
2: was, which was kind of fun. But he's you never over at, over where? here, is he either? I'd like to think with Taichi, he is j- similar to what
3: we say about Evil and Sonada. he is over with the crowd. Oh, Evil and Sonata times two, mm. yeah.
1: The yeah. other thing I really liked about this one as well um, was Tai Chi and how he's basically doing these Kawada spots. <laughs> I'm kind of all right with him doing Kawada tribute spots.
3: Mm. Works for him.
1: It kind of does in a weird way. Yeah. Shingo was kind of the perfect opponent. I don't have a match as good as this. Was it was
2: it Jordan. Rocky or Chris Charlton on the commentary who was saying that, like the, the whole like Kawada kind of never really respected Chi, So there's like a weird mini feud there uh, where Chi kind of wants his respect, but he's never going to get it. And he grandstands and challenges, has challenged him to matches in the past. I'm sure that's what they were saying.
1: Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. Well he's doing more Kawada in Hustle. Venez mm. Kawada and his private all <laughs>
3: Japan. Dressed up as a general in hustle. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: Perhaps yeah. he's doing the uh perhaps he's doing Kawada in reverse and now he's gonna get serious and go, uh all Kings Road on everyone's ass.
2: Oh, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Again, even though I only gave it three and a half, still one of the stronger tai Chi matches for me. Um, and that was a grudge in three and a half. Uh, next up, there was Juice and uh, Juice Robinson and, and Jeff Cobb. Again, solid match. Juice Robinson, I really like. Jeff Cobb, he's someone where I don't know. I just think it's just not. He's not always there for me. He'll have matches mm. with that I really enjoy. Like, uh, you know, his big power spots and, you know, he, he's got it in him to have great matches, but there's just something, maybe it's a personality thing, there's just something kind of missing. He's like a blank slate sometimes, Jeff Cobb, in a match like this where, you know, he's out there and he's having, you know, a solid enough, you know, three and a half star match, but, you know, I can see them any time of the year in a G1 I probably want something a bit more special than kind of the the standard uh, Jeff Cobb middle-of-the-road match. I don't know what you guys thought of this one.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of similar to this. What I'm not getting from Jeff Cobb, and I really enjoyed the match with Ishii, is the desperation to win points, Mm. to win points and prove it, which is kind of really at the heart of this. There's no story
2: there with him. He's just there. He's just a guy in the tournament.
3: That's it. He is. He's there. He's not going to win. You know he's not going to win. There's a couple of things... Like this match as well. I thought to myself, "Well, do you know what? It it sets him up if Juice beats Moxley in the future, sets him up for a U.S. title match." I, that's that was my thinking. Well, while, while watching this match,
1: I think what happened is one of his biggest weak spots is, like you said, it doesn't look like he wants to win the points. I think that's mm. something that's just missing from his character. It's mm. spark and his approach of the ring. Yeah. Mm. Um, I never become really invested in like the sort of story of his matches, mm-hmm. if anything. And I think that is something that's definitely missing here and a kind of a layer mm-hmm. that just has never really been present in anything he's kind of done. It's, um, it's why I
2: Lucha think- Underground put him under a hood. Like he was so much better as Matanza where he didn't have to actually show any personality. He was just big guy with a mask and had a big character over him. He's the, te- he's the perfect person for something like that.
1: Yeah, and I think when you look at something like so, we're gonna talk about the Moxie bash in a minute, the intensity mm. of that match and what was conveyed and Cobb for a guy of his size, I think is really inconsistent when it comes to actually sort of conveying intensity. Mm. He sort of doesn't he does it sort of in moments, in matches where he's against someone who's kind of as intense as he well, is more intense than he is, and he kinda of has to up his game a little bit. Mm. And when he's in there I find with someone who Isn't necessarily going to deliver that same level of intensity. Uh He kind of just falls to their level. I think he's got to be in there with someone who's a level above him in Uh order to have a great match. And I'm not saying that he's bad, but there are definitely aspects missing from his game. It's even little things, I think, like his striking at times, where you've got an opportunity to engage the crowd in your match with. Intensity. just strikes, if anything, he doesn't really do that. And mm. I just sometimes think some of his stuff is a little bit misplaced, if anything.
3: But imagine you put the spirit of Lance Archer into him, be an absolute killer. There, you there go. we
2: go. <laughs> I went three point two five. You'll hit that at some point. Uh, yeah, you need a Latino star. Uh,
3: That's going to be in next week's G one intro.
2: <laughs> uh, I went three point two five. How about you guys?
3: I went three. Uh, three. Yeah, fair enough.
2: Next match I went two and a half on, but I really enjoyed it. Jay White and Yano. Uh, this, mm. is, this is where uh, maybe you know the entire point of this podcast and this app um, kind of crumbles to dust because I'm giving a match I really enjoyed, two and a half stars, but I don't know what else to give it. Jay White and Yano. Uh, I'll tell you what, like I really, as far as somebody kind of being the the heel who's kind of being found out in this tournament and going on a bit of a losing streak and losing his ship because he's lost to Yano. Zack Sabre Jr. is very good at it too, but I thought Jay White was great here kind of selling the, the loss to Yano and selling the fact that he's lost to uh, another Chaos guy and, and lost in very Yano fashion. Uh, am I on an island here or, or, I don't know, hard audience, but did you guys enjoy this one?
1: Yeah, I did.
2: <laughs> Especially the result. <laughs> <laughs> you just enjoyed that seeing uh, Jay White get
3: humiliated. Oh, yes. How so, was it when he was completely caught you by surprise? Because I, I honestly wasn't expecting the result. No, no I was well happy.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got much of a voice, so yeah. I didn't cheer mm. because I'm preserving and being economical. <laughs> uh, but if I had a voice, I would have probably. Today, shouted from the rooftops. Of- <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think the thing with, with with Jay White is like there's a lot of people in this tournament who are doing that, having like the early losses, and they're probably going to rally. I do think JP, it really fits his character, like that that, that he would because He's going to have to react now and he's going to have to get a few wins in a row. And the prob they probably are going to go back to the a lot of the heavy, heavy handed cheating and interference, some of which we've already seen. Um, but I do think it works for the character. Um, uh, I don't know, am I on Ireland getting some enjoyment out of this for, for those reasons rather than just being happy Jay White's losing?
3: No, not at all. And I think uh, you know, in terms of Jay White's character work, it's a damn sight. But look, at the improvement between this and the last G1 is is really noticeable in that way. When you talk about star ratings with Torianu matches, it's it's like a it is a weird world. He needs his because, own match that sells yeah, DVDs on it. Exactly. And but at the same time, whenever he has a match, I'm completely engaged in everything he does mm. because they've built it in that these matches can end at any point. They're the most unpredictable matches you have on the card. Mm. And generally what happens isn't very predictable. So they completely succeed in what they're trying to do. Mm. And but they're so short, you can't give them really high star ratings necessarily. And but they're not matches that are there for the star exactly, no. it's like what, what you said, Benno, in terms of it turns the, the kind of point of star rating somewhat to dust. Hmm. But I never want to see these matches leave the tournament. I know people who don't like Toriyanu and yeah. it's, it's not their thing, and I kind of get why it's probably like me and death matches, but for me this is always perfect. It's always like when his matches are on, I'm just watching his match. So I was really surprised by this. And I did have a little like, like fucking get in moment <laughs> when, when he won. Um, and yeah, it, where it, it, I think what's happened with this little G1 story is it's, it's made Jay White's character that bit more interesting into ter- wondering what the reaction will be. Mm-hmm. And it makes you then that bit more invested in other matches he has coming up and that, and the, the fact he can't lose any more mm-hmm. if he wants to have any chance of of the Naito match meaning anything should add an element of desperation. Hopefully, some of those matches which he might be able to play off. Definitely.
2: Uh, next was a match that my notes have definitely given away my feelings on. Uh, my notes app sometimes doesn't save my notes, and for a long when I sat down to this podcast tonight, it just said Tetsuya Naito versus blank. And honestly, I sat there for about five minutes thinking, I'll remember who we faced. I'll remember the match. And literally five minutes later, I had to Google it. I was like, ah, yeah, it was Goto. Makes sense. That's how forgettable Hiroki Goto is to me. Um, but he is the leader of the lad, Dojo. There is that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the most forgettable man in the world. Didn't even make it as far as my notes. An okay match that I apparently gave three and a half stars, but I've got no recollection of. Do either of you guys remember more about it? Skipped it. (laughs) JP?
3: Uh, It was a match that I saw it existed. I'm sure (laughs) I've seen it before. Professional wrestling
2: match between two professional wrestlers, I believe. I
3: can't remember. It just, like I said last week, one of the things about Goto is he can be just really nondescript at times and he's nondescript matches. And you always hear the stories about... Naito, in terms of he's obviously going to save himself for the last three days because there are massive issues with his knees as well. So I, this is like you kind of fear the worst territory. It's it's one of these matches that is there. I think like you, and I don't know why, I've like given it three and a half on it, yeah. but I dare go back and watch it. Maybe it's really good, and I've just completely <laughs> zoned out from it. It's but I really- don't think we're going to see a great Naito until when- the last... Three days.
1: I asked my brother if there was anything I could skip because I had to catch up because I've yeah. been away, and this was the first match. He said to skip. <laughs> we have seen it a million times. It's fine. Yeah,
2: three point eight three average on grapple, So you know people are people are relatively high on it, but yeah. Um, if anything, Mandela
3: effect, maybe.
2: Gentlemen's three and a half. Let's put it at that. JP. Um, yeah, a match that happened in a professional wrestling ring more memorable though, the main event uh, and we've referenced it a couple of times here, Tomohiro Rishi and, and our mate Mox tell you what, a match I didn't know I wanted to see and my god was it fantastic uh, both kind of came they both, they both came out with like a fire and a purpose like immediately, it, it, it felt like a fight, you know them going head to head and you know, even the brawling in the crowd it was, you know we've had and you've voiced it, haven't you Joe about you know some concerns about you know Moxley and you know his style and has he got the big matches in him and i've got some con- some concerns about him always reverting to this death match style but i tell you what i didn't know I wanted to see Tomohiro Ishii in a chair battle or i wanted to see Tomohiro Ishii coming off the the top rope and going oh, to the that was table awesome but I absolutely did want to see it. It was a different kind of Ishii match, but it was still Ishii match, while somehow it was still the Moxley match. I had a fucking hell of a time watching this one.
1: Yeah, it was like the Ishii formula, but they added these extra sort of elements that were very Moxley into the match as well, Mm. and it all came together very nicely and worked for what it was. This was a great match. The perfect match for John Moxley is exactly what I think he needed. At this point in time, you know, his first couple of matches were fine, I suppose. Well, they were, but he was booked Mm. in shorter matches that sort of kicked off the G1 portions of the card. Here he is in the main event at Corican Hall, and he's in an absolute barnstormer with arguably the best wrestler in the world, if you ask me. Mm. I just think their styles worked and they meshed really nicely. Mm. They both sort of changed up. Very slight elements of their style to make the match work as well, I thought. Um, and one of the things I'll say, it's got to be the match of Dean, Dean Ambrose, got to be the match of John Moxley's career. Mm. He, I can't think of a match of his that comes close to this.
2: Singles wise, yeah?
1: Yeah. And oh, yeah, there's like Shield Six Mans that I love, but mm. it's a singles wrestler. Yeah, you're right. There's yeah. nothing I can no. think of. I saw
3: this, this being debated and it was it was interesting that people are going oh he had some great matches in WWE and some of those matches are like like 4 years ago oh, that, one with with te- that one
2: with the that one with the tally with Bray Bray Wyatt when oh fuck off <laughs> <laughs> i haven't
1: got a voice and that made me angry <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah i i can't name if they exist um, yeah. yeah i think i think this was this is what you want. This is probably what he wants. You could tell in his promo after the match. This is the type of stuff he left for, isn't it? This is the yeah. stuff he wants to like sink his teeth into, and you know, just have the killer match with with a somebody like Inishi. Um, he was a little bit WWE in the middle, but like he he did like a there was like after they were brawling in the in the crowd, which was there was a lot of that over the over the last three days. Like a lot of it's Karakin, so let's go brawl in the crowd. But this one, these two, it felt like they were actually fighting in there. But I did notice when they got back into the ring, he did kind of go a bit Randy Orton with like that cross arm sleeper and yep. kind of sat in it for a little while. And I was thinking, oh no, what are we in for? Yeah, but it worked because, like you said, like mixing the styles up, it meant that he she could fight back and do his as big comeback as you kind of always knew it would be coming. And yeah, it was just great. And a full on like. Laugh slash cheered when um when Ishii came off the top through that table and went through that spot. It was just, at that point, I was already giving it four and a half stars. He didn't even have to go into the the finishing sequence, which was also great, you know, with, with Moxley having to basically kill Ishii off with that super death rather and do the knee padless um, version of that. It's, it's the regal knees uh, he's doing, isn't it, that they've, uh, they've started calling on the commentary. Um, but even if they hadn't got to that point and the finishing sequence hadn't been so good, genuinely, like, that table spot was enough for me to give it four and a half yeah
1: i thought it's interesting you mentioned the sort of period after they were brought in the crowd because i've got a note here that says first control period after broadly crowded strike battle fell out wrong direction Mm. uh moxley calmed down match and took it in the wrong direction but the match got back uh on track when ishi was on his comeback Mm. and i think that's one of the issues i have with him generally now Sometimes I feel like there he has moments of intensity where he goes for it, like the the start of the match was like really explosive going Mm. for it, and then he calms it down. One of the things that he's strongest with is his strikes. I love his strikes, I loved his some of his strikes in WWE, but I felt like he didn't do it enough and he felt like he had to change up from doing the strikes and then start doing something else. Whereas I think he underestimates how much you can get over. By just throwing these wild strikes. And doing this wild brawling type stuff. Terry Funk did it. Uh, Bruiser Brody did it. Carry on with it. And whenever they were doing that. It was awesome. And I think one of the things I noticed. It felt like Boxy was learned. As the match went on. It mm. felt like he was gaining more. And realising how to use. Various strikes in a match. How to sell strikes. How to no sell strikes. Ishii gave him a hell of a lot as well he sold a lot for him i think he got moxley over as a legit slugger in this match if mm. anything someone who can really take it to you and i would really hope that moxley goes in this direction following this match and realizes that he's kind of found a side of him that works and with the audience love and stops doing the bloody rest periods because they're boring
3: yeah. I don't know. I think he'll advocate. work that out of his style. Eventually, maybe there's still going to be the, the how many matches he had since he's come back it would be less. Than this is his best easily. Oh, mm. absolutely. It's his best. Yeah. And he's, you know, but he's in there with, like I say, one of the, it's like Osprey and Ishii are going to have a competition to see who can have actually the best matches over the tournament. That That's, I feel a thing that's going to be going on. Mm. Um, but Sorry, go on, Ben. I was just to say... say, you
2: know, devil's advocate. I'd probably say, you know, a, a Moxley or someone like him, and say, well, it worked. You know, slowed the match down, let the crowd get the breath, and then it worked for the Ishi comeback. But I do get your point because that Ishi comeback would have been over whatever they did. Um, so maybe, exactly. maybe that is the, the the WWE that needs beating out of him. But yeah, it still wasn't a huge complaint for me. I gave it a four and a half. Did you guys go similar? Four and a half. Four point two five. Fair enough. Same ballpark. Um, yeah. Again. If it maybe wasn't for the for Osprey Abushi the night before and a match we're about to talk about, would have been the match of the tournament so far. But yeah, the, the grapple average is exactly four point five one. Um so yeah, I think we're in the right ballpark there. Definitely if anything, the best B block match we've had so far. I'd definitely give it that. Um, but after that, yeah, the, again, another three-day week, we were onto to the, the last day of, uh, of this uh, second proper week, day seven, another A-block day, and yeah, another great show, uh, managed to see this one just before we started recording, um, got right, right through the whole thing, tell you what, the best thing about this G1 this year is is, like we said at the start, these breaks, and it's so easy to catch up on, you know, hour and a half of your time, and you're back. Uh, and you're in the room and you don't have to worry too much right now about falling falling behind Um, but yeah, this one was a pleasure to catch up on really enjoyed it Uh, kicked off with Zack Sabre Jr. and Bad Luck Farley the definitive fun match for me Um, again, Farley's a bum Okada did his best with him Zack Sabre did the right thing by basically making it a comedy match with essentially Farley and Bullet Club trying to cheat and Zack Sabre just running away brawling in the crowds, and then running back into the ring in that that great spot where he kind of hopped over the guardrail and got there right before the countout. Then he got to cut that killer promo that we heard at the uh, the start of our show. Uh, best use of uh, of Farley, and it's probably not even worth his time trying to have a, a you know a, an extended technical match or, or do anything more with him at this point.
3: Yeah, I think for this one, I gave it. It's sort of similar to the Yarno match. They didn't necessarily give it like a high. I think I gave this like three stars. Mm. And the average is like 2.73. Mm. But I get why. I, I, but I found myself loving it. And it's one of those matches that sticks out. Mm. You're going to remember it. Although, if you're going to be a stickler about it, there wasn't a the point where the did the referee, I'm trying to remember with the moxley Ishii match, do the 20 count when they were on the outside mm, When I'm they were brawling sure. up in the crowd. But here they did it but it also partially added on the fact that Farley got really close to getting in on Mm -hmm. the 20. And I think that that's what kind of really added to it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was, you know, for anyone who ever thinks like they know what a Zack Sabre junior match is, here's something where he incorporates his style Mm -hmm. into a comedy match as well. And yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And it was brief, which is the best way I want to see Farley in this tournament very briefly. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so yeah, that was a lot of fun to kick off. Uh, Lance Archer and Tanahashi was the second match on this show. Uh, again, we already raised about Lance Archer. Um, he's ruling this tournament. I enjoyed this one a lot as well. Uh, more than the average, I went with 3.75 for this one. Uh, lots of Tanahashi trying to take out the big man's leg. Lots of kind of, you know archer being the big man and tanahashi then having to sell but interestingly the crowd kind of being behind both um tanahashi getting that desperation victory roll to win uh i really enjoyed it. i love as we said earlier love tanahashi fighting from underneath loving this lance archer run a really good second match on this show
1: yeah i thought this match completely overachieved uh as archer has is- been doing throughout the tournament mm. i love the energy of the match as well and the sort mm. of the dueling chants the sort of weird ear in corak hall chanting for archer when <laughs> in a
2: tanahashi Hashi match t- yeah
1: tells you all you need to know about how good lance archer has been in this tournament and mm. how effectively he's managed to get over with this new character and this new just balls out go for it style another tanahashi match where i love the finish mm. as well I'm really enjoying the way that he can kind of win out of nowhere and he's finding different ways to win, to preserve what he's got at his age. I love this kind of, he's like the Ryan Giggs of uh, New Japan, sort of changing his position, adapting his style, adapting the amount of games he plays and where he's positioned and where he plays in matches as his career went on to get more out of it. And my God, was Giggs great to the end and Tanahashi is showing exactly the same right here. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, loved it, and yeah, that that's a he, he's always Mister Reliable in these tournaments, isn't he, JP? Um, yeah. and you know, not not you know the the best Tanahashi match you're ever gonna see, but a great another great example of like a Tanahashi match. You can pay attention to the intricacies of how he sells and how he lays the story out because he is just one of the all time greats.
3: It's yeah, he there. is, and you know, there's never enough superlatives for him, and and you know when he's not able to do a G1, that moment he does like his last G1, it's going to be like a really sort of, if you thought the Nagara reaction last year was something, it's going to be something incredible for him. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, it adds on what we said about Archer, what we said about Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. And the. it was fascinating seeing the dueling crowd chants for, mm-hmm. for Archer and Tana. That was, that was fascinating. And I always liked those moments because I like it when you get that hint of dark Tanner as well, where he's not happy with the audience mm. doing it. And he always just does it as an aside. I remember seeing him work like a, as a, it was more like as a heel in DDT. I'm seeing a match he did a few years ago and he was amazing at it. Mm. And I, I like those aspects. And for me that added onto the match. So well. I think like you I went 3.75. Yeah. Yeah. Fair rating. Right. Uh,
2: yeah. Grapple averages 3.5. Joe, what did you go?
1: Uh, I went four
2: starts. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we're all all above the average on that one. Maybe it's just uh, how high we are on all of them. And maybe for me, it's partly it's how much I love the derailer as a name for the pounce, JP. Um, I never thought the <laughs> pounce period would be topped, but great name for a move there, And Archer hits it well. Uh, but yeah, that was fun.
3: He's no Monty Brown though. I mean, ultimately, he was always the king
2: <laughs> Imagine Monty Brown in one of these modern G1s, JP. Like, imagine how good it'd be.
1: You're a big fan of Marcus Corvarn's run. Not no. really as much, no. no, no. That's very
2: that's one of the most doo be things ever, isn't it? Like Monty Brown, genuinely like famous, got to a Super Bowl, and then he yeah. gets to do and they change his name.
3: Something that makes no sense.
2: And then he retires. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um speaking of doo be ruining people. Uh, next up, <laughs> Kenta and Evil. Um again, this and then there's a Bushi Sanada after it. Again, solid matches. Maybe I'm just I've got that LIJ fatigue. If anything, Kenta and Evil for me. It was the third match in two days, I think, to go into the crowd and do that brawling. Um, you know, the WWE wouldn't let this uh, this, this lie, those agents wouldn't let that happen. Uh, but other than that, solid. I enjoy Kenta kicking off Evil's face, mainly because I'm sick of seeing Evil. Interesting Kenta getting some booze in this one. Uh, I don't know, again, in being a non-New Japan guy and Evil, I think he was playing up in interviews leading up to it, wasn't he? That he was, you know, that it's, this is an outsider taking a spot kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, interesting dynamic there in the crowd. Solid match, but not a huge amount to write home about the uh, the standard Evil 3.25. I gave this one and I actually gave it, <laughs> gave the same for the sonata match following it.
3: Yeah, okay. it was all right. Oh, I was a little bit higher on, on these two matches, to be honest with you. This one I gave three and a half. Um, I enjoyed it. Again, I just thought Evil seemed that little bit more motivated. It's interesting with that crowd dynamic. There's a lot of, obviously, similarities to when Shibata sort of came back in this idea that he's going to have to earn his way. Because I think in one of the tag matches, he ended up trying to help carry Tanahashi to the back Mm. in one of the earlier ones as well. So uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic because the last times there was someone who was... I know a person in there in terms of when they had Marafuji and Nakajima. Marufuji got some great reactions. The crowd seemed to really enjoy it. I don't know why in that sense they've taken against Kenta, whether or not they feel it's like sort of trying too hard on Kenta's part. But I think it's it's good. It's interesting stuff.
1: I thought Kenta was quite good here as well. Yeah, yeah. I think he's sort of, there's, he's sort of growing yeah. as the tournament goes on. His confidence is sort of higher. <coughs> he's having serviceable matches throughout with a range of opponents. Yeah.
3: When we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, I said like, give it, I don't know, give it those sort of five six, five six matches, and we'll have a much better idea of of where he's at, you know. And I think that's good. Let's see what he does against farley That's like the the anti Ishi test. That's isn't like
1: it? two minutes, and he just kills him. Yeah, get him up for the
3: GTS. But the next why. match he's got is against a Carda. I'm fascinated to see what that's that's gonna be like. So. Mm. Yeah, be interesting.
2: Uh, We're either higher than me on uh, Ibushi Sonada. Like I say, I gave that three point two five. I think the average on grapples actually closes the four. Uh, Two very handsome men. I'll give it that. Um, And a weird performance from Sonada. There was a point where, like, he was supposed to dodge a bomber knee, and he didn't really dodge it. And then there was a point where he was trying to hit a moonsault off the top, and like where he landed was like six miles away from from Kota Ibushi. Uh, Strange performance bit too long for me i didn't love it but i know the consensus was higher than me or or either of you
1: Uh, i went four in the end i thought it was Mm. a good match Mm. i thought it was well laid out it all made sense but the matches between these two i find really fascinating because there are always sort of slight communication issues and there's always stuff that's like a bit off it's quite odd i remember last year that, that they had a sort of similar match that was a good match I think Sonada got his big win last year, but there were just moments of the match where you could tell that they weren't necessarily, on the I same don't know, page. fully aligned and on yeah on mm. the same page. There's just little communication issues that and those are those that you just mentioned, Benno mm. that kind of I don't know, show up that they're not yeah clicking necessarily. But I still thought it was a pretty entertaining match, and this is from someone who's just I'm just to Sonada mm. like I love Ibushi. But there's just something about Sonada that, yeah, he's the person in this group that I at least want to see him. I think, um, and that even goes for Farley because at least with Farley, you might it might be over in three minutes if anything. <laughs>
3: mm.
2: Any thoughts on this yeah. one, JP? Um, I went
3: three point seven five. I, I thought it was it was quite good. It was you know a a good professional wrestling match that I enjoyed while it while it went on. Um, it's, I've got nothing necessarily bad to say about it, other than, yeah, it, I don't know. There's something, it's still like we also were waiting for that unbelievable Sonata match that people claim that they've seen, but I'm just not convinced by it at all, and I still remain unconvinced by it. Yeah, I guess we'll see.
2: Uh, so yeah, that was the semi-main event, and then the main event... This blew me away. I was excited to see it. I watched it a few days removed from from everybody raving about it. Still loved it. I went four and a half. I could have gone 4.75 and I, I am rethinking my decision. Average on grapple is 4.69 right now, but it's it's Carter and Osprey. It was always going to be great, Um but I really enjoyed it. I think these have got a great little low key rivalry going on, where at some point I think the junior Osprey is gonna eventually get to beat O I think I was a little bit too hopeful in my pickems, thinking that this might be the chance for Osprey to go over uh, and maybe you know set something up at Royal Quest. Uh, in hindsight, way too early in the tournament to do that, and I did. It was probably unrealistic <laughs> anyway. But um, but yeah, a great match. You kind of had your standard Ocarder open in five minutes, but the Osprey hope spots some of the incredible exchanges between the two of them where they were going a mile a minute that one that ended in the okada dropkick in the middle was absolutely incredible the near falls from osprey there's like an to one there was a spanish fly counter to the rainmaker he got a near fall off a shooting star off the top and every one of them it was like the crowd were right with him like it meant so much to him and it meant so much to the crowd as well there was just Something about these high-level Osprey matches that I get so much more of an emotional attachment to these days than I I used to even with Osprey a year ago. He's got his timing, is just impeccable at this point. Okada's uh, timing's always been perfect, and yeah, match made in heaven for me. Loved all the near fours, loved all the counters at the end, and I just love seeing these two wrestlers work together.
1: Yeah, this for me, nothing touches this match in this tournament so mm. far. Uh, this was on mm. a completely different level. Uh, it just absolutely incredible. I thought from the first tombstone that was here, mm. that next ten minutes is one of the best sequences I've ever seen in any wow. match ever. Mm. It was on a different level. There was stuff that I thought that was. Genuinely innovative in the way that they were putting reversals together, mm. playing off one another's signature spots and moves. The timing is just like yeah. nothing I've ever seen. I was absolutely convinced that Osprey was hitting the storm break at one point in a carder and he reversed
3: it like oh, into the, rain- the rainmaker uh,
1: last, yeah. last second. It, it was done so fluidly, so effectively. It's a just surprising manner. Like, listen to my voice. I'm fucked. <laughs> I was shouting during this match, during those sequences. Yes, I was up me too. My seat and I've been trying to rest and recover all day, but <laughs> I don't know whether I should have watched this match because, as thrilled as I was, the adrenaline soon wore, wore off and I felt worse as a result. But it was worth putting myself through the wars myself. God, I sound like a twat, don't I? think of what Osprey's <laughs> doing over there. Isn't yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It just. I can't remember the last time, probably Osprey shouldn't go, but I was on the edge of my seat like this for a match. And at points, I was convinced Osprey was winning. Some of the sequences they put together, the way they built to move, they didn't hit signature moves first time a lot of the time. Mm. They had to really earn hitting those moves. Look at the first Oscar mm. and the way that Osprey had to work to that. Mm. The, amount of reversal so the one he did to on the moves. outside. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that coast to coast, you know, I love a coast oh, to coast. Oh, yeah.
3: But the timing, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Imagine Osprey Shane. Anyway.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shane
2: had just all those that. moves.
1: Exactly, but ah, oh, but this match was on a completely different sort of planet to mm. anything else. Like Osprey, as well, in terms of his selling, in terms of in terms of him selling little things like desire and how much he wants something as well. And him wrestling from underneath. You think about the best of the Super Juniors. And in the best of the Super Juniors, a lot of the time it was all about Osprey making the other guy. And Osprey was kind of the man in a lot of his matches. But he made these other guys. He gives these guys a lot of offense in these matches to help them get over against him, right? Here, Ospreay's wrestling as the underdog in mm. his first G1. And he can wrestle as the man. He can wrestle as an underdog. And they're both as effective as... And he can do both seamlessly. It just, every figure this match was borderline perfect, I thought. And I can't wait to watch it again. Mm.
2: What, what do you go with yeah. it on, JP? Do you go with it? You G- see, G- on G- this
3: one, like you, I went four and a half. Mm. I was and 4.75. Well, I
2: could have gone 4.75 and I'm reconsidering it now. I'll just talk about
3: it. Do you know what? I have to confess. I, did, I was speaking about this with Joe earlier on. Um, that was, I went four and a half and then I was like, actually, it's... It, it is that sort of clear better than the others and the thing is you know that there is better to come from this Mm. and i mentioned as well about like sort of osprey in that omega role and i think someone like okada can see just the value in having that long-term feud and building up to that big win Mm. when when osprey gets in what the significance that is going to end up having as well um Yeah. And and that's the reason I put it up. I've I've watched it twice. And Mm. like I say, you mentioned about that 10 minute sequence from like the, from the tombstone onwards, all the stuff before that as well was, I thought absolutely fantastic in terms. Yeah. Like you say, the the selling of him working underneath as well. Mm. And yeah, in some ways it's, it's like, I, I suppose, there'll be people who've gone five stars on this, and I wouldn't blame them for doing so. Oh. I can see the argument of why you would. I, it's going to be interesting to see what ends up being this, and hopefully for next time we record, have some stats on where people's average ratings are in the oh. tournament so far, because that I'll be fascinated to know what, what Osprey's already averaging at.
1: Okada oh. wrestled as sort of the, the statesman as well, if anything. Yeah, it is. I think his presence in that venue... He looks in great
3: shape as well. Oh, oh, yeah, he
1: does. He just commands that mm. venue. He just commands and bosses that ring as well. Wow. And he's kind of... you If you can get something out of Okada, you know, you're mm. doing pretty damn well. And what I like is how each match Okada is had with Osprey... Not necessarily the ref pro match in 2015, but the three matches they've had in the last sort of 18 months. Yeah. In each match, Osprey is given more, mm. and Osprey comes closer to beating him. It feels like there's progress, like incremental progress made by Osprey in every single match that he has of Acada. Yeah. And Acada is sort of wary of the threat that mm. Osprey is to him, while at the same time having this like real respect yeah. for him, more than being chaos.
3: It's a bit King's Road, mates,
1: this isn't it? Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. But it's. But I think that's a lot of what Ghetto's book his influenced mm, by. Yeah. And this is going to keep me coming back for years. Like in a way, I thought I was convinced Osprey was beating him at points because I thought to myself, Same. okay, Copper Box main event, yeah. Ospreay. Osprey. The way Osprey got his job in 2015 was his mm. performance against Akhada. Yep. This is yep. a great way to come full circle with this.
2: Mm. But, I was really hoping for it. I really was. Yeah. And I think you're right as well. I think like we're laying seeds here because like that that moment Mm -hmm. where Osprey right at the you know the last gap gasp tried to counter uh, into the Stormbreaker from the Rainmaker, and it looked like he was gonna get it, and then he just didn't. And then it was the two Rainmakers, and it was over. That's a spot to watch. They'll go back to that like that in another match. That could have been the finish, and I bought it completely. Bought it, and again that Mm -hmm. says everything about you know how great both of these guys are and how great this match was that I'm watching this three days removed, knowing the results and still buying the hook that somehow Osprey could win there. Um, and yeah, I would have thought the Copper Box might be the place to do the big match, even if, you know, Osprey probably couldn't win, but still do the big match. Maybe we'll still get it anyway, uh, or maybe they'll wait for another UK tour, but I can definitely see that that day coming soon.
3: Yeah. And I think 2020, this we're going to see a couple more versions, possibly, of this match at various points. I'll be fascinated to see if they if they do any what they end up doing with Osprey next year. And no, that sounds like going in already. We're only halfway through this year, but mm. I think
1: what I said then about Copper Box this year. Mm. Doing I'd love to see in twenty twenty if they come back to the Copper Box mm. five years on from their the oh,
2: first
1: job. You know. There's a natural story that kind of tells itself. I can't see them putting the belt on Ospreay in a year's time. Mm-hmm. But again, having him come close to the IWGP Heavyweight Title match in the UK, it's a, it's a great approach to make, and mm-hmm. you can make Ospreay a legit star to a sort of real portion of the uh, UK wrestling fan base by having him headline against an absolute don like Akarada in front of seven thousand people.
2: Definitely, yeah. There's definitely, well, money there. Well, got my ticket.
3: I'm also going to say that you've now both put the thought of of Will Osprey Shane McMahon in a match, which is something <laughs> I'm expecting to come away with tonight. And the idea of Shane McMahon trying to replicate Ricochet in that June exchange. <laughs> well, Ospreys are already time.
2: teaser matches with uh, Randy Orton, so it's not impossible. And yeah, <laughs> is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're going back and forth. It's a whole thing. Osprey off the mouth. Yeah, Osprey was like, yeah, you know, get out, you do the contract, come and have a match. I reckon Osprey and Orton would be good. I think it'd be the most interested at being at Orton match in a while. But yeah, Osprey shanes the money match, though. That's what we want to see.
1: <laughs> I think, uh, as Osprey said when he was on with Meltzer, when he eventually sells his soul... Perhaps they'll uh, give a match with Shane. <laughs> Shane's retirement match, pass of the torch to Will Osprey. Uh,
2: fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. If we've got if we've got to lose Osprey to the, to WWE, then uh, you know I'll take that as the uh, the price as the uh, as look, the bathroom Look,
1: too. look what AJ got out of Shane. True,
2: true. Mm. Oh, what Shane got out of AJ. <laughs> <laughs> <One> last <laughs> thing to add?
1: My top three matches of this tournament are all Osprey matches. Yeah. I think. That was pretty similar for Best of the Super Juniors. Yeah. It was pretty similar for the New Japan Cup as well. This man is king of the tournament this year.
2: Yeah. I think the same, awesome, but Ishii and Mox sneaks bit. in for me. Sorry, JP. Say it again. I think the same, but Ishii and Mox sneaks in for me. Um, okay. yeah. um, sorry, JP. What are you going to say?
3: No, I was saying a, a silly point. It's no, but I, I've even forgotten what it is. It was that important.
1: He's um, having a great time in the domestic cup competitions, as Osprey. He's won his League Cup with the... Yeah. Uh, Oh, no, I would say New Japan Cup's the league cup. He's won yeah. the FA Cup mm. and now he's in the Champions League.
3: He had a good underdog run in the New Japan Cup, though, in the league cup as well.
1: He did, yeah. Mm. There
3: you go. One day he'll win the Champions League. One day he'll win the Prem.
2: Um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, inc- I think this was probably the weaker of the three days. Uh, maybe stronger than the B block day, but still, great day and yeah, great, great week of G1. Um, any other thoughts on it, G1 in general, New Japan, wrestling, or Joe, do you want to go off and, uh, and rest your voice?
3: Please. I was <laughs> going to mention very quickly, a couple of Pickham's notes Oh no. as well. Um, yeah, you're around 790th. For, is it in voices? Uh, this is the voices one. I'm not oh, in the one post one. That one doesn't count. I don't Where are that... you in the post one? Doing really badly also.
2: Yeah, in the post mm-hmm. one, they've actually to kind of I don't know, separate out and uh and make clear just how well how badly I'm doing. They've kind of got a a mini league there for the uh, the contributors to uh, to post as well. I'm way behind Jamesy. Uh and way behind they've got like a, a robot in there, like RandoBot that just was a random assortment of picks. Even RandoBot has beaten me at this point. <laughs> JP, it's it's not a good year for uh, for me and my G1 Pickhams. Uh, I put a lot of effort into those post ones as well. Uh, the Voices ones, maybe not so much, but yeah, I'm on 17 points at the moment, trailing behind Davey Portman on top. Um, his girlfriend's only four points behind me, but yeah, I think the top score in that one's 26, so 17 has ah. got me somewhere around mid-table, but you doing better than
3: Voices? I'm uh, 22 points, so I'm joint 100th. Um... Uh, very much friend of the show and, and, and Tomohiro Ishii of the G1 Pickhams, Joe's brother Sam. Um, he's doing he's doing good again this year, very very quietly as he likes to, on 23, along with Gareth as well. Um, I noticed on that, Sue, who I actually hope he isn't right because he's got Sonada in the final. I think he's on 24. Wow. Yeah, 24 points on there. And it's, yeah, only 27 leading. So it's... It's an interesting, very even G one contest so far. Normally at this point, there's like quite a gap. Mm. So, yeah, interesting anyone's, stuff.
2: Anyone's game, JP, and if you know, if my old yeah. prediction comes true and he wins the whole thing, that could put me right back in contention because I've pretty much got him winning every match here and out. I've got Jay White winning every match from here on out, which you know I feel is likely. Uh, yeah. It could still happen.
3: I've got that. This time last year, I was leading the fucking thing. I remember. And I ended up in the four hundreds. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, we should have just stopped it there. Um, but when we start nice. our own, when we start our own league, JP, and we've got we've got gambling involved and uh, and all kinds
3: of shenanigans on grapple, I, uh, we'll fix it. Then. If I was five points, if there was seventeen k on the line at this stage, I'd be like. I'd be in sweats every time. I'd be shit myself during the undercar on these, <laughs> on these shows as it's well. Extra it adds extra element. It adds an element of danger to it. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah. If anyone's not in the Pickhams this year,
2: on either post or voices, hopefully we'll get something going next year, and you can join us. We'll uh, we'll get Gareth in development, but yeah. Other than that, uh, follow JP on Twitter at JPJP. Follow me at Benson Richard E, Follow Grapple on Twitter at Grapple app uh, As always, you can download Grapple. Uh, if you're on if you're on an iPhone, you can download it uh, through Apple. Uh, just search Grapple uh, in the App Store, and on Android too. Uh, if you search for it in the Google Play Store, um, as you probably will have heard it on the Voices of Wrestling podcast, and as I mentioned last week, there is an update to the Android version coming, um, fixing a a couple of bugs that are uh, the people. Have noted, so keep an eye out for that. Um and yeah, that's pretty much it us for another week. What are we covering next week, JP? More G1. I'm going to send our yeah. girls on Saturday. There is that. I was gonna try and watch some MLW TV. Uh anything else I'm not thinking of? Nonce. <laughs> 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 what a note to finish the podcast. On. Look, it's like a safari mission. My mate Gary really wants to go. And I swear he just really likes Japanese women wrestling. He's not actually a sex offender. And I just want to go, and I just want to see what it's actually like there in that crowd. It's going You're to be fucking nonsense. You're on <laughs> Weird yeah. weekends. Uh, there's, there's, going to be, there's going to be some dangerous men if in that If I can add crowd.
3: it, watch, watch the third part of his his latest one where he's with the Westboro Baptist Church. I did. Yeah. Oh. It's still scary stuff.
2: Indeed, yeah, give that a look. But
3: yeah, I'll be there. Don't I'll join give... the Westboro Baptist Church. They're horrible. <laughs> it's all they're awful. I'll, I'll, we'll end this now.
2: Yeah, don't, don't, don't join the West, the, uh, the church. And uh, yeah, also, maybe come I'm to talking. send our girls, awesome. but Sorry. don't be a nonce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On that note, especially don't be that. Where's the live by? We'll be back next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Joe's finished.
1: Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in air So cross the Mersey, cause this land's the place I love, and here I'll stay.
0: P. Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America, and we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts.